Respectfully. What's going on, Story Styler? Respectfully podcast. Shout out to Trudge in the building. Trudge, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm all good, sir. I'm all good. I got my uh, co-host, co-mic. I don't know what you want to call it, but what's going on, Mick Damiano? Mick is in the building. Good to be here. It's been a while. It has been a while. I saw you last week. What's wrong with you? Oh, been in that. Oh, been in this space. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When yeah. I first saw this, it was literally an, an empty shell. An it? empty shell. And now it's so to come here and I see it a lot in pictures, but to come here now in person is uh, it's not bad, is it? Yeah. I'm glad you could come through, bruv. Oh god, you came here last time. I think you came here was it would have been over a year and a half ago where um, haircuts in it. It was a situation where people couldn't get haircuts. I wonder what that situation was. It was a situation, something happened along the line where people struggled to get haircuts and I came to visit you. You obviously put a shout out to Bedford and said, who's the best barber in Bedford to cut your hair? And he wasn't available. And um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I wasn't available at the time. (laughs) I made myself available. Yeah. um, Yeah, and that's how we met. So Mick is, um, Trudge, you know this now, Mick's a barber. Yep. In fact, I suggested for Trudge to come to to yours. I did. Yeah, he did. You sh- and why haven't you come yet then? Oh, well, there's a story behind that. Is there a story behind this, Sam? <laughs> oh, I like to hear this Is story. there a story, Trudge? Gee, I wonder what the story is. <laughs> this, I want to know it now. <laughs> All right, so basically, I moved to Bedford a while back, uh, yeah. a couple of years ago. Um, and uh, yeah, I went on Google and I went, uh, like, I looked on the top rated barbers. And I wasn't on there. <laughs> oh, I've, you need to get your some... Google ads. No, no, up, I've, I've done something here. No, basically, I went to, um, I don't want to promote it. <laughs> I went to this barber shop in Bedford. Yeah. Um, and I basically got chatting to one of the girls there. Yeah, um, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's kind of narrowed it down. See, you can't it? tell him that because he knows all the barbers in Bedford. Oh, yeah. It's no. a small, brother, it's a small town. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. he probably knows her, innit? Like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm basically like uh, one of those, uh, one of the women that run that uh, place is my missus. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. My new one anyway. <laughs> so your missus is your barber? Yeah, yeah, that's nice. a good one. You think free cuts, innit? Do you get free cuts? Oh, yeah, it was going well until I started parking on the double yellows outside. Then I got tickets, so it's not really uh, you get a free... VIP treatment at home. Oh, nah, oh, <laughs> none man. of that. I barely got booked in. It's, it's chaos. Do you know what? <laughs> when you are very close to a barber, like my family, like my brothers, my dad, my, even my, my son, I don't have time to cut their hair. So it's very hard. You think, oh, it's a blessing to have my partner as a, as a barber, but to find the time. You're always like last on the list. Yeah. Mm. No. So it is difficult. I've heard, I've heard. They say, you know, they think it's the dream, like going out of a bar. Like, no, it ain't. It's <laughs> chaos, man. I can't get booked in. So that's is why I'm probably the only guy that goes out of a bar and I don't look fresh. So yeah, yeah it's not good. That's how it goes. <laughs> I, I, I can't, I wouldn't, would I want to go out with someone who has to, has to deal, like I used to have long hair, right? I don't think I want to be with someone who has to do my hair. I used to think I would, but when you have an argument with that person, and you know you've got to get your hair done that night or the night after, whatsoever, and you have only that tense moment. She's more inclined to go, I don't really want to talk to you. I need my space. I don't want to plait your hair or anything. That's what I think. Or when you argue during the haircut. You know what? I'm done, in it? And then get up and then just leave that it halfway happened, done. Do you know what? That happened to me. I'll tell you a quick story. I went I went Florida. Bring the mic closer. So yeah. I went Florida. Uh, it was a three-week holiday. So yeah. in between my holiday obviously I needed a haircut I had a haircut before I went so a week and a half I needed another haircut and uh, my missus she's a hairdresser not a barber but she can do the basics and I asked her can you trim me up halfway through and the only mirror we had was her little makeup mirror 
right? So this small little mirror that I kept trying to check my haircut <laughs> in between. Anyway, it ended up in a massive argument. And you know, yeah. when you start cutting someone's hair, you put obviously the ring line around the whole head, like yeah, a bowl yeah. shape yeah. before you start fading it out. Mm. So she did that and we ended up arguing for the whole haircut and she just pretty much said, fuck your haircut and just stopped doing it. Serious. And for the, the, the rest of my holiday, I had this big, massive, I mean, I could try to do the most I could on my sides, but the back of my haircut, still to this day, when I look back at my holiday pictures, I see this line right at the back of my <laughs> head over an argument, over a haircut. So, yeah. Yeah, you can't, there's certain people you can't, you, you don't argue with people that are going to serve you food. You can't argue with people that are going to make sure you look good and present well yeah. in that moment. You may be able to say something afterwards, but during in the time moment. or before, you can't have that conversation. Oh, no. And I love your missus. She's so dope as well. Yeah, she's She's amazing. such a dope. So I, whatever happened in that argument, it was your fault. Oh yeah, I, yeah. It was one hundred percent. Remember, but it's gonna be. I'll, yeah. Now, nah, trudge. If you be my if you ever meet his missus, yeah. you can never see her and think she does anything wrong. Yeah. I'm sorry, you can't. She probably. I might be biased in it because I don't know the ins and outs in the household. I'll find something that she does wrong. I always like to do. That. So that's, I try and find something. And you wonder why you don't I get your hair finished now? So I walk into the kitchen and I'm like, "Why is the fridge in here again? Why? <laughs> I, I, I'll find something." To and work. you wonder why she doesn't want to finish your haircut? Nah, bless her. She she puts up with a lot. She's she dope, man. She puts up with a lot. Myself, my kids. Even my diabetic dog now. She, puts, she Wait, puts, wait, wait, wait. I might sound ignorant to this, but dogs can be diagnosed with diabetes. I've just found out myself as well. Wait, did you know that? No, oh, I didn't. just found out myself. It's pretty much, it sounds bad, but it sounds, it's pretty much a long, well, a death sentence for dogs, basically. Serious? Oh, yeah, pretty much. Unfortunately, he's been ill. I've got, so I've got a husky. He's been ill for about a year. And we were taking him backwards and forwards to the vets. So he had a skin reaction. He just wasn't feeling himself. Uh. My dog's always full of energy, always full of energy. He lost all his energy. Didn't want to go for walks. Didn't want to do anything. So we knew something was wrong with him. Taking him backwards and forwards to vets. Vets were like, we've done blood tests. We've done this. We've done that. We can't find anything. Just put yeah. him on steroids. So he's been on steroids for about a year. He just got fat, really unhealthy. And then I uh, had enough and took him private. As soon as I took him private, it was like, he's got diabetes. But the, what they said when we went private as well, which is a sad thing, is he probably was, he didn't have diabetes. Until he got on the steroids. Until he went on the steroids, big. yeah. So it's just like, can I sue? Well, only if he died, you can sue. So you can't sue anything now. So it's just like, unfortunately, he's been, it's, it's, it's a lot of it's a hard work. We've got to inject him twice a day. In the morning, he's got to be on like seven in the morning, seven at night. Uh. And we've got to make sure we've got to catch his piss. So every morning he goes for a piss. Wait, wait, what? We have to catch, because we've got a pH scale his, and monitor his So you piss. need to measure his piss to see where yep. his blood levels are. So we've are got at. to go out there with a little bucket when he's gone for a piss and the strange looks he gives us when we're chasing him around. Yeah. Put a bucket. But we've got to do that every morning. So we've got to measure, measure his, it's, it's hard work. So he's got to get, I mean, he's a husky, he's full of energy anyway. And he, he, we take him for like two walks a day, but now he's, the, the vet said more. It's like more. I mean, he is big. I mean, but you ain't got the, t I mean, I get it because he's big. You need to get, get him his exercise. Yeah. But on top of that, like you said, to, like more than two a day when you got work and yeah. this has got work, you got kids to look it's after. It's hard, but that's what's, that's the responsibility you got to do when you, when you take on a pet and a dog because you've got to do it. I'm going to be so, this is going to probably, I'm going to get so much hate for this. I'll be so honest with you when it comes to pets and Go stuff. Go for it. I've never wanted like a dog or anything. Why? I just feel like it's, I haven't got any children, but when I do have children, I know that there's a part of me that's going to have to put in time and effort to raise those children. But when it comes to a dog, there's, it sounds so bad when I say this, there's almost a part of me because I haven't had one that goes, I, I can't see the, the level of responsibility needed to have to put in that time and energy and effort into a dog 
as much as I do a child. I know it's bad. It's like a practice run. Don't you find like people always buy a dog when they get together? I've heard that. I've get heard dog that. Before they get yeah, kids but you see how a dog works. Out. You don't walk a child though. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's it's. I find it more hard work actually looking after a dog than than a, a child. Yeah, it's seriously. Seriously. With a cat, you could piss off on holiday for two weeks and leave your cat out. That's because there's and a comedian. Is, <laughs> he come back. Like the, cats, just like there's a comedian. Slim, shout out to Slim. Slim says, and it's so accurate. He used to have this bit about cats where he says. Um, cats are not loyal. That's why you let them do what they got to do. They're not loyal. They always go around. You've never seen a homeless person with a cat. You no, always see them with a dog. It'll fuck off. It? This is what I'm saying. You lose the house, you lose the cat. Yeah. Right. And he, he he makes references to that. But when you take out all the jokes and look at it like that, it's true. My my dad had a cat where it wasn't his, but he came into the garden once and gave him a little bit of food. That cat would come every single day now that he knows that he's got food available there. Once my dad stopped bringing food, he never came back to the house, yeah. but he would look after, he called him Oreo, which I got offended by. Cause I looked at him <laughs> thinking, you don't realize how close that is to your son's name. Call this cat Oreo. But I didn't realize, like I get it when people tell me now, and I've been around people that have animals and see how much joy it brings to their life. But when I'm looking as an outsider, looking, do I want to buy a pet? There's a part of me going, why would I want that responsibility? But I, I don't feel that way with kids. It's so, I mean, maybe I'm bad for that, but it's the truth. I feel with dogs, it is a, it is a companionship. It's a loyalty. I mean, you can go mental at your dog one day and you still know it's going to come back and give you love. It's going to show you love. So you're just toxic then? Is that what I'm hearing? No. You your dog and say, that, come here and love me. That's what I'm missus, You can argue with your mates. You can argue with your family. You know there's going to be some awkwardness. Yeah. Straight away, your dog's going to come and show you love. So I feel like that... In its sense, I feel like dogs. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I I live at home with my missus and kids, and the, the hours that I do when I come home from work, they're in bed. The first person that, well, the first thing that uh, is a dog is my dog, and I to me, it's yeah, it's, it's a love right there. It's like part of the family. Dogs, I do feel like if you've had a dog, you'd understand. Yeah, and um, that's where I come from. I don't have one, so I maybe don't understand it the way. You I mean, I, I grew up as a family of cats. I, at first, I just loved cats. I, I can't stand them now, but we grew up as a family of cats. Uh. And then I had a, stri a strict Italian dad. He bought a, himself a nice new Alfa Romeo. The cats used to sleep on the bonnet, scratch up his bonnet. And my dad decided to drive these cats far away and not dump them. He gave them to someone. He gave them to one of his clients. Okay. And I'm, I thought we were going to say he dumped them. <laughs> like the scene in Toy Story 3, innit? Just drive like away. When, is it Toy Story 3 when what's her face gets dumped out in yeah. the middle of nowhere? Or I'm, Toy Story 2, no, just, it's two. Yeah. Right? I, I, he says to me, <laughs> he gave them away yeah. to a client. That's what he said. I genuinely believe, still to this day, he dumped them. Disrespectful. But I don't know. See, he's like, yeah, they've gone to a good home. That's like, have you just left them at some, someone's home or did you? But yeah, I cried my eyes. I must've been about eight years old. I had a so did he for what he did to the car, what they did to the, the Alfa Romeo. It wasn't even that bad, but yeah, he got- In got your of, eyes? It, was, he didn't even decide, it wasn't even a group discussion with the family. Yeah. It was next day, gone. I'm getting rid of these cats. I'm, I can't lie. I get it. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> no, you, if I bring you to my house and you scratch up my sofa, like my good sofa, I'd be upset, but I might blight it. Scratch my car, yeah? Tibbles, I'm, got, I'm sorry. It's not, you're not staying with me now. Hey, puss, come out of this house. It sounds bad, but, what but it's your true. your child did that? My child. I can't refund my child or... So what's the difference with your loving pet to your child? You can't do that to your pet. Because I'm... I all right, do you know Because I, I could see my child, my face in my child. Yeah. So I look and say, I'm hurting myself. If I do. <laughs> I'm making up excuses now. I don't know. There is, I guess there's no, 
I mean, I don't know. I might have a child that might feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, move, man. I don't know, innit? Who knows? I'm not going to do it, obviously, because it's not legal, but I feel... Oh, you, can like... do what you, want. you can do what you want with your kids. Do you know what's funny? No, you can't. You can. No, you can't. You can. It's your child. You can do what you want. As long as there's a, there's a difference... Are you, between... are you disciplining your child? Like... There's a difference between discipline and abusing. And I, get, yeah. and I get all the talk when they used to say, oh, you can't hit your kids. I got hit and it done me a world of good and I still love my parents to this day. But would you would you say, would, give that same discipline to your children now? I would hit my children, yeah, if they messed up and really pissed me off. <laughs> to an extent, I wouldn't abuse them, I wouldn't harm them, I wouldn't leave a mark on them. I think you need to like label what you mean, their, like on the bottom. I, I will smack their bums, yes. I will smack their bums. All right, I get around. that. Give me a little smack on the bum. For no I reason. feel, see, we, there's a thing that I learned. It's an interesting topic, actually. Um, there's a thing that we all know that they say that if you don't, if you don't discipline your child accordingly, the world will, right? Yeah. And if it became that like I had a child that was misbehaving, like, I don't know, got into a fight at school or was bullying people or whatsoever, and I don't put some authority on my child, some discipline, then what's going to happen is I'm going to let, if, that, if I don't nip that in the bud from early and almost make them feel that there's re- like ramifications to their actions, they're going to go out in the world and do that same stuff. And someone else worse is going to do something to them. Mm. Like it could be a, a it could be an, a, an op as they call them now. The, like I people think, that you got beef with, or it could be police. I think kids are growing up without fear. I mean, I used to fear my headmaster. I used to fear my teachers, my dad. Mm. I think there's a source of fear there that will stop you from doing naughty stuff. Yeah. But now I think the kids in this generation, and if we're not allowed to smack them or we're not allowed to discipline them, I mean, look at the kids in this generation and how they're growing up right now. Yeah, I've seen, like, especially with what's going on with, we're UK based, so we see a lot of like knife crime and stuff. I'll be honest with you. I see knife crime and I'm like, I see what's going on with these kids. Uh, if you're telling me, if, if I know there's a parent that I could have nipped that in the bud with my child by like beating them, like taking a belt and then putting it against their behind, if I know that that might like put some fear in me, sorry, fear in them that of me that makes them go, I wouldn't even want to pick up a knife because I know how my parents 100%. would react. I listen. I'd rather that than know that my child picks up a knife and does something to someone else's child. Of course, but you get told you can't because there is a line as to where you cross because there are going to be some parents that go way too far. But I don't think the majority of us do. It's a small handful of parents that go too far. They need to be put in trouble, but there has to be a line where you understand if I don't put discipline in my child and my child runs right, you're going to come blame me for not disciplining my child yeah. if that child does something later on. It's a, such a nuanced topic, but I find that people that are not born in the UK or families that are not born in the UK, this ain't a conversation. You're getting your ass bus, yeah. belt, Slipper, whatever, right? You're your family from Italy. Yeah. Mine from the Caribbean. Sam, did you get beats when you were young? Oh, yeah. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. Where's your family from? Uh, England. I know. I, I wow. Know, I, mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm making it out like it's a new discovery we've made here. English and beatings? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, genuinely. Yeah. You serious? Yeah. I mean, yeah, again, I think, it's a, I think it's a good thing. I think kids yeah. grow up with a little bit more of respect. Um, if they do, if they do get disciplined and, and and told off, I think I think parents now are too scared to do that because of what's going on in the world. But I think mm. if you have a child, you want to bring bring it up into the world what you review the world as Facts. you feel. I wouldn't want to bring my kids up with what everyone what should be done or shouldn't be done. I know what's right and that's wrong, and I want to put mm. that onto my children, and that's how I'm going to bring up my kids. And if it Facts. means smacking their asses and now and then. Then that's it. what they deserve. I'm, I'm going to do it. And Fair they, enough. And they, I guarantee they'll still grow up loving and respecting me and they'll know when they're older because... All or the, they're so scared all, not to love you. All the busts and the bruises. My dad, my dad used to beat me with a salami stick. 
Wait, what? A salami. You know the big ass salami sticks? Yeah. He picked one of them up once. And, and I went to school with meat bruises. How do you- <laughs> meat <laughs> I, That's the first thing you found. How can you go so like- you're, you're telling me your dad beat you, beat you with meat? He beat you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He beat me. He, he gave me a few licks with uh, salami yeah. stick. You went to school with a kid. Oh, what happened to your? What happened to you, Mick? Oh, I got beaten by what? <laughs> My dad pulled out the meat and slapped Have me. You've seen it. them salami ones. You know the ones you get from an actual like. <laughs> Stop, don't step on my joke, please. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't step on the, That's funny. I'm sorry. But no, no, don't give me the actual dimensions of the salami yeah. stick. Your dad beat you with meat that he had. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. Now I see the, yeah, the big, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. I have to, real quick, before we get into some topics and stuff, right? This, and I want this documented, right? I've had conversations with him about this, but this is why I want to bring it up with you now, right? Tell me this isn't funny. Do you know where I'm at, Mick? Black Hair and Beauty. Um, hair Awards. Hair Awards, that was it. Yeah, the sensational Black Beauty Hair Awards. Yeah. That's it, yeah. This man is a three-time winning re- recipient of the award for the best black hair barber, right? <laughs> Let me tell you something, right? I met him at the award ceremony and I saw like he, that he was nominated and there was other people as well. I think he was the only like non-black guy that was nominated. I was. And he was there. Every, all three times as well. All three times, right? He's Italian, so he's white, but he's he's not British white. He's European white in that sense, right? And he got nominated and everybody else was black. I should be pro on their side, innit? Like, yeah, our people doing our thing. This man come and gentrify the awards and then took all three of them three years running <laughs> and he has the audacity in his shop to put them up. So as soon as you walk in, in the distance, you're like, yeah, you see these? I cut black hair better than people for three years running. <laughs> Do you know how disrespectful that is? I wanted, I'll be honest with you, but obviously I didn't know you probably back then. There was a part of me going, nah, man, this is a fixed man. Some, his dad owns the building and, the, and one of the caveats of hiring the venue is to make my son win. But he is actually one of the best barbers you'll ever ever see but did you get any stick from that after all oh there was loads of jokes going backwards and forwards as well especially as well because i think at the time they called me miguel damiano when they announced me as miguel so people actually thought a black guy was going to go up and collect the award so when i go up and, and took the award everyone's like oh so yeah <laughs> we had jokes left right and center did, I mean, did like you hear the clapping like everyone heard the name and then they saw you they went <laughs> <laughs> but the, when I grew up in my career, I, yeah. I was cut, all my friends were black growing up, so I was yeah. cutting black people's hair before I can cut white people's Caucasian hair. So mm. I just knew it. And when I enter competitions, I think it just complements a barber when you cut black people's hair, where it fades better, the lineups look better, pattern designs look a lot more better. They show up. Yeah. So um, yeah, but yeah, growing up, I mean, I've had people come to my barber shop, and I've had a junior barber who doesn't even know how to cut hair. Yeah. And I had an incident once where a lady came in with her child and um, wanted his, obviously her haircut to be done. And I said, yeah, no problem. I'll get him done next. And she mm. was like, no offense, but what do you know about black people's <gasps> hair? And I thought, okay. She was was like, it in your shop now? In my sh- it was my old shop at the bus okay. station called the Image Barbers. And um, she was like, can he do it? And she pointed at the junior. And I thought, because of that remark, I went, no problem. And um, Warwick, at the time his name was, and I said, Warwick, get your tools out. You've got a client to do. And he looked all scared like, 
I'd not done a haircut properly yet. I was like, well, that's what she wants. So I'll go do it. Yeah. So I wanted that. I wanted him to do that one for experience for himself. And two, I just wanted to show her up because I know exactly what was going to happen. How did the, the struggle with the haircut? The haircut wasn't, he took a long time on it. She was getting frustrated and I went, had to go in there and fix it. And she did. And she apologized. She apologized. And I said, after that I did. And I think I won at the time. I've won, I won one or two of the awards and I had to tell her. And you know, I don't like showboating my trophies. Mate. Shut up. <laughs> this guy loves to showboat his pro- trophies. You see a picture of him on social media. Not anymore, I'll give you this. Yeah. This man used to pout in every picture. I swear to you, just- I offend more people by pounding in pictures. Yeah, but it look, when you do it, 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 the whole character of you showboating and stuff, and, and then, then this guy with the extra, like extra small tops, so you could show the musculature <laughs> of your body and stuff. Even now, bro, in these tight ass shorts, I'm, I'm from the trying gym. not to look at them. You know what I mean? <laughs> this man's leaning back with his dong pushing up. Through the, I'm trying not to look at him. But yeah, you like doing that, bro. You're, you're Mr. Showboat. Yeah, I've t- tried to stop it now. You have. I will say this from what I've known you from. Day one till now, you've definitely not been Mr. Showboaty anymore. Nah. So I'll give you credit for that. You're not like that. And I'm but losing followers. And, and You're losing followers? You're not losing them, are you? <laughs> nah. Now, the followers you had were the men going, ooh, I wonder. Like the guys that wanted to move to you. That's I've the- had loads of them, yeah. I know you loads did, bro. You were pouting in every picture, so I could only assume that they thought this gentleman was very effeminate or he himself was gay. And they were like, if he's gay, because of the tight clothes, the pouting, what it looked like you were always made up, yeah. it did. Oh, yeah. This is what I'm saying. I mean, so I I've, thought they thought maybe this guy, he's... I've had it before, yeah. I've had it loads of... And I, I mean, I work with a gay barber and he's like he's like my best friend now. And he... I've gone out for nights out with him before, gone for a few drinks. And- talking... Shane, 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 who is the total opposite to, yeah. from somebody who you would expect to be in terms of what you saw in your pictures. Oh, Shane's a little road man. He is, and you would not expect it at all. This and is what I'm saying. Yeah, gone out where girls are all over him and the boys are all over me. So serious. I'm doing. I don't know <laughs> you got no, no swap. <laughs> but um, yeah, you say big up to Shane, man. All right, um, what we got? Because last week, so me and Sam last week we were like. We were just happy that everything was working the way we wanted it to work. We're trying to figure out how do we get this popping? How do we sort out stuff on here and so on? We've got some topics and stuff. Do you want to go one first or do you want me to go? You go first for one. You want me? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. My one is, all right, let's talk music real quick. It kind of is. It kind of is. We ain't found, uh, there's probably a groove in here somewhere with, with podding. Like for this pod, every pod's got to find their groove. I, I just like the conversation. So I'm just, ba- I love to have like, bants and, and just talking. Um, Drake's album. Have you heard it yet? The new one for all the dogs. I've heard like one or two songs. I had okay. it in the shop. Why you charge? That's exactly what my topic was. Drake's album. Yeah, Drake's album. Have you heard it? I've heard it. I've heard the backlash. I've heard the um, subliminal. No, I can't even say Subliminals. Subliminals. Right, uh, start yeah. with first, you've heard it. What do you think of it? <sighs> I don't know. I think it could be. It's not great. I've got to be honest. But I feel like, you know, you got to give it a bit more time. I feel it's like a bit fresh, in it? you got to give it more time. Yeah. I have got my, I, no. It's, you like it? Nah, there's a couple of songs on there that I'm like, that's a vibe. Yep. I'll be honest, there's only one song that I'm like, I, I keep playing, but not because of Drake. Is it first honest. person shooter? That's it, bro. That's the one. That's Straight the away, first person yeah. shooter. Yeah. And it's not because of Drake. Based, so Drake dropped his new album, uh, For All The Dogs. It came out on Saturday, I believe. Uh, what was the date on Saturday? I can't remember. I can't. My phone's over there, actually. But it came out on Saturday. 7th, right? Saturday the 7th, it came out. And everyone was listening to it and going off, like, going back and forth with it and so on. And his whole idea with For All The Dogs was to go back to how his, the old Drake was, right? And some people heard it and they were like, 
this ain't the old Drake from how they, the music he was doing back then and how it made them feel. He's got features on there with J. Cole, Little Yachty, uh, Sexy Red, Scizzard. There's loads of people on there, right? I heard it and I went through it and I'll be honest with you. Um, I think the general consensus is it, if it is the old Drake, it doesn't, it feels like he hasn't grown up from the old Drake. Or if it is supposed to be the old Drake and people feel like it isn't gone back like that, yeah. it, it, that's where they stand. It hasn't gone back to the old Drake that they were looking for, or they had a different expectation of what the old Drake was hearing it in 2023. That's how it sounds, right? So, I mean, he's, he's got tunes with the, there's one tune on there. Um, uh, what is it called? Fear of Yourself? Fear of Heights. Fear of Heights, Fear yeah. of Yourself. Fear <laughs> of Heights, right? So that tune he's got on there is, uh, he's throwing shots to Rihanna. Okay. For like the first minute of the tune. Like throwing a hefty Go, shot. Going at her. Yeah. Can you get the lyrics up actually? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought so, them two were quite close. Well, they used to date. Yeah. I didn't know the dating thing was real, real. I just thought it was one of those playful rumours that everybody was saying that they did, that they were actually dating. On here, now obviously she's got two kids with ASAP Rocky, happy relationship, hasn't really delved into music for a minute because she's on the business thing. And he's still hating. Well, this is the thing. Everyone keeps telling him that he is like hung up on her, right? And I kind of get that because she was like the prime lady that if you're Drake, who else can you really go for that is going to like match you in terms of your beauty, the level that you are in music or in the business and industry? Because he's like top of his field in that sense. Yeah. So everyone's like, you drop the bag with losing Rihanna. And I get that if that's what people think. Um, but he says, he starts the whole verse, our lyrics here, look, like AA look, why they make it sound like I'm still hung up on you. So the one person I think that everyone was talking about when it was out was Rihanna, definitely. They could, that could never be. Uh, Gyal can't run me. Better him than me. Better it's not me. I'm anti, I'm anti. And from that, everyone was like, it must be Rihanna. Because her last album was anti, wasn't it? That was the last one she put out. Yeah. So they're like, it must be Rihanna. And then it goes, yeah, and the sex was average with you. Yeah, I'm anti because I had it with you. Okay, I'm I'm auntie like your daddy's sister, auntie like a family picture. Um, this just looks like a WhatsApp chat. To, it uh, does. Yeah, I don't know, man. It really does look like that. lyrics. These are lyrics. He sings it though. Like so it's not like rap, hip hop, that bit. He's like singing this more so. Um, and I had it way, I had way better bitches than you, TBH. Yeah, that man, he's still with you. He can't leave you. Y'all go on vacation. I bet it's in... I thought he said the Antilles in that, not Antigua. Antigua. Yeah, I'm sure he is. I'm sure that's wrong. He, I'm sure it's Antilles that he says, not Antigua. But yeah. that one says Antigua on there. Now, the Antilles, um, Bar Barbados is part of the Antilles as well, in terms of the area of the Caribbean. So everything about that just felt like he was shooting at Rihanna. So everyone picked up on that and was like, bruv, you're shooting at a woman who is married, like not married, but might as well be with two kids with her partner. You were with her however many years ago. You're saying that you're not hung up on her, but you've made like a whole verse about her. But do you think he's done it because he generally feels this way or is he doing it for attention? And I think, I think it's both. I think it's a bit of both. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Innit? All it right. seems like why would someone at his level shoot that way? And it makes him, it doesn't make him sound great. Does it? It will. This is the thing. He's, 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 the, for all the dogs kind of mentality is we're going to go back to the level of toxic masculinity that I was on back in the day. My thing is this, and this is only my thing. It feels like 
the last few albums, he's always shot at a particular woman. Middle of the Ocean, mm. of, on um, the album he did with 21 Savage, he's got a bit in there when he says, shout out, shout out to Serena, your husband's a groupie. Right? Do you he remember sounds that? Sounds like a better guy, doesn't he? Just Serena, a, yeah. So this is the thing with Drake. When you ask me if I've seen his, uh, listened to his album, I've listened to one or two tracks. I've listened to my barbershops. I actually haven't, I mean, my music taste at the minute is just old music. I'm not up yeah. to date with like the new the stuff. trends, what's going mm. on at the minute. That's fine. But what I, what I listened to was just, just sad. It was like, it was like sad songs. People were saying it was like whiny and like his music was corny, whiny and bitter. And just, yeah, I didn't, to, to me, when I listen to music, I like to feel happy and feel yeah. vibes when I'm listening to music. Otherwise, what's the point of music? I and mean, when people get emotionally attached to songs because they feel in their their own lives, they can reflect what he's going through, mm. what she's going through. I get it. But I listened to a couple and I was like, this just makes me, I had to turn it off. So I was just, just my whole mood just changed. Yeah. I actually haven't listened to it. I, I feel like I want to. So and I will. Before we, I'm going to go into that bit in a sec. Keep that one open. But, bef- and also, all right. So with the music that he's doing, I feel from like, he always strikes me as like a trendsetter, right? A trend chaser rather. You're reading that bit now, isn't it? Don't, <laughs> don't, you'll go to that bit in a sec. I love how he's trying to read. And I, you can't see it from there, bro. No, What's wrong with you? Me, I'm just pretending I am. I it's <laughs> all blurry. All right, fair enough. So <laughs> he know, looks thought, like I'm actually engaging in the convert. It does, no, nah, but yeah. It's blurry yeah. to me. So he, I feel like he's like a trend chaser. Not that he needs to be. He's somebody that people, he could do anything and people love him because he's he's of that echelon of, of tier of music. And I respect that because he's grafted. You don't have to do anything more as Drake to prove that you're good. People know you are. But I feel now what he does, he puts out stuff to kind of follow the trends of what's going on. So he had a tune with Bad Bunny mm. where the first like verse, he's rapping in Spanish. Yeah. And he's never done that before, but he does that. And then he does like another eight bar after, after the beat changes where he's doing it, he's like himself, but he puts in a little bit of Caribbean twang. Then he goes, not Caribbean, Jamaican slang, like Canadian Jamaican, you know how there's, it's quite integrated out there, the slang. Then he just drops and then he goes, all right, and let's Bad Bunny do the rest of the tune. Bad Bunny's one of the biggest artists on this planet, particularly for the community of people that like love Bad Bunny. YouTube views. Or exactly. Now, Bad Bunny's got that energy where some people no, don't necessarily know who he is because his appeal is definitely for the like Latin American community because yeah. he mainly raps in Spanish. So those who understand the language and the culture. But then if you're not a part of that, you may not necessarily know who Bad Bunny is. But the mo- but if you have a, at least a, a little inkling of that community, he is massive. I mean, I love, I'm a massive fan of Bad Bunny. Yeah. Uh, the only reason I like, I love, you know, I mean, you come to my barbershop. I love you play music Spanish, from, yeah. reggaeton music. I like it because I don't understand it. I think when I, that's the truth though. He could be saying death to barbers and all sorts. He wouldn't even know. When I listen to Drake moaning about it, it's just, it's, I can hear the lyrics, I'm understanding them and they're yeah. annoying me. I don't like it. But when you don't understand the lyrics, you just listen to the vibe. I Bunny could be saying the most offensive stuff and I'm just jamming to it. I yeah. don't know. He's, his shoes are like banging. It. Yeah. But I think because there are some people that don't understand them, they're like, I, I don't get it. So they don't try to. Yeah. And I can understand that. But I feel with Drake, he's, doing a thing where he jumps on the wave. If you notice, he does like oh, yeah. an Afrobeat wave every now and then. Yeah, yeah. He might jump on a drill wave. Yeah. Like Central C, he got that freestyle with Central C. Yeah. The one where Central C says, um, there's a line in there that uh, that everyone kept saying. You, oh. How 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 can you swear to God you don't believe in Christ? That yeah yeah the combination one is it? Oh, and that's when he starts combination Drake at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he jumps on the waves where it's popular, and he's like, "Well, Central C was popping. Let me do something with Central C. Bad Bunny's popping. Do something with Bad Bunny. Afrobeats. I'm gonna go into that wave and that vibe. Yeah. House. Both him and Beyonce released that House album, so House mm-hmm. is the vibe. So he 
He's a businessman. He's a he's a great businessman because he could put out tunes that appeal to a demographic, and they hear it and they're like, like that Bad Bunny tune. That alone, even as a single, just because Bad Bunny's on it, yeah. he's gonna get streams yeah. off of that. So I respect that. But when it comes to listening to the lyrics and what he's talking about, he and Sexy Red, he did that tune. Which I put out the lyrics to that one. It's what's it called again? Oh, well, I know is what she says, right? <laughs> just put the tune, se- Sexy Red, Scissor and Drake. Pre the lyrics to this. Right, you're not gonna like this at all. Like, don't look at the don't look at the lyrics. Look at me. I'll say him. no, Mick. Look at me. I'll say him. Just look at my face and I'll say him to you there. Because I don't want you to read them. Because when you read them and you hear it, it's just different. All right, here we go. Uh, you know, who sexy red is. You're not gonna be singing some sexual like kind of. Like, but okay. do you know who sexy red is? No, you don't. Thugging with my rounds. My coochie pink, my booty hole brown, that one. No, carry on. Tell me that. <laughs> don't. You don't know that? Keep going. I might understand. I might get it for carrying going. You're going to get it. <laughs> she doesn't, she's got a tune where she went viral from doing a video where she was like doing like a freestyle and that was the lyrics from the freestyle and then it went viral and everybody was like talking about it. She's one of those rappers who just is talks the most crud stuff ever, right? Like... Her coochie's pink and her booty holes oh, okay, brown and you. stuff. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of it. She sounds delightful. She's yeah. <laughs> Some people love it. I'm not the biggest of fans, but it is what it is. I'd, again, I'm like I'm, I like boom bap hip hop, yeah, so yeah. I'm not gonna hear that and go yeah. That's anyway. This is so he sexy red is she's Drake. Obviously, was like you're popular right now. Come and jump on this tune. They did a couple of pictures together. They were pretending like they might have been dating. They then went, oh, it's not us dating. We just, we got a tune coming out. The chorus, <laughs> bend that ass over. Um, let that coochie breathe. <laughs> Shake wow. that ass, be arch. Hands on your knees. Hands on your knees. Hands on your knees. Shake that ass for Drake. Hands on your knees. These are actually his lyrics. Her lyrics. <laughs> Her lyrics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is on Drake's album. It's on Drake's album. Do you know what though? There are pe- there are people, I know people personally love the tune. And the reason being, they like that kind of ratchety, you know, throw out the let me just be nasty and hey and just, just Yeah, that just kind of mentality. Slutty. I don't know why I did all of that. But yeah. you know, when I do that, you can picture the person I've talked. Yeah. Hey, spend that ass over, let that coochie breathe. Like understand. <laughs> 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 Have you ever, you know, you've let your coochie breathe every now and then, haven't sometimes, you? Sometimes, yeah. You know, sometimes it just needs some oxygen. Needs, yeah. Sometimes you just have to let the coochie breathe. No, honestly, because, you know, in, in a world where it's, you know, the world could be very suffocating with all the pressures that we're under. Letting the coochie breathe is required to at least survive. That's how I see things. You've let your coochie breathe. Not during COVID. I had a mask on that. <laughs> <laughs> PPE on your COVID. PPE on your coochie. But yeah, so... It just felt like the album, he was just going on like different trendy kind of vibes, right? And he's just trying to tick all boxes. It, like, yeah, he sounds the audience from every single one. But I feel like he's ticking all boxes, but mainly for a younger demographic. Because mm. he's like the song that he's got with with J. Cole, that song is the only one I like, and it's mainly because of J. Cole. And the beat's actually pretty sick. And Drake's bit at the beginning is pretty sick as well but he goes in on that and he's like this is a you're like this is a vibe drake's killing it on this j cole's killing it the whole vibe of that song is like everyone thinks me and you are like the goats 
and they always compare me, you, and they allude to Kendrick Lamar as well. They say K dot, don't they? So they allude to Kendrick Lamar because of that kind of generation and age group, they're like the top three: Drake, yeah. J Cole, Kendrick Lamar. And they, him, them two on a track, it's like, who's going to outdo each other? Who's going to do better? You can hear Drake going, yeah, is it me or you? Are you the GOAT? Am I the GOAT? But J. Cole's on there going, no, it's me. It's, <laughs> Standard. I don't know what we, it's me. Like, I'm numero uno. <laughs> he says that, doesn't he? Yeah. he? He says, like, you lot say we're the top three, but I'm not going to lie. I feel like I'm Muhammad Ali. Do you understand? He says that on there. Brother, you can't, I can't put out a track and invite you to come on the track. And then you tell me I'm better than you on my own track. Brother, get off my track. <laughs> I love that. That's, it's that's, fun. That's great. It's fun. It should amp you up to want to go in again. I'm not going to lie. If you put that down, I'm like, pause that one second. All right, we're going to take a break. Yeah. And I'm going to rewrite my bars again and I'll sneak record them. So when you follow on from that, like you're like, right, wait, when did you do that verse? Oh, I did that. You never heard it the first time around. I would do all of that. It's it's a fun it's a fun idea to go but back and forth. It's probably done on purpose to get people talking again. Like, I I guess so. It grabs attention. It but is do you? But I think when you get to a certain age, for some people, like J Cole, doesn't strike me. He's like he's leaning into the attention stuff. He actually is the person that I'm writing. I want something to say. You could t- you could tell it comes from his heart. Yeah, it there's some passion and there's meaning behind yeah. it. Yeah, and I think we, this is why a lot of people can relate to J Cole more than. Drake. Yeah, because when I listen to Jake yeah. Cole, I can really feel it. You can hear the emotions when he's singing it or rapping it or whatever. But with Drake, I don't know. I just I just feel Drake's just he's pop culture now to me. And I think with pop culture, you, you when you lean into pop culture, you're trying to get the widest amount of people and appeal the most, which is gonna be a younger demo than maybe you if you are like if you touch 30s. Like the rappers that we like, the old heads, are talking more invest your money, set up your life, family values, look after the kids. I'm not on that gang stuff no more. I'm not on that drill crack house stuff no more. When you, at, at his career though, he's probably trying to be as versatile as he possibly can to try new methods. Just but does he need to, to? This is the thing. He doesn't need to. I don't think he needs to. So he's tr- probably having fun. So it's, doing that. if it's where fun, it take it where it can go yeah. because he doesn't need to prove anything. If it's on a fun vibe, then do it because it's you having fun. I think the issue is when it's on a fun vibe, um, and this is what we're going to lead into the next thing, people like us are going to sit here and go, oh, we like that or we don't. Yeah. And this is, so there was a bit of beef now because of this. Uh, Joe Budden, yeah. podcaster, rapper, Joe Budden, ex-rapper, podcaster, Joe Budden. I listened to the podcast the second it came out, right? Knowing that he was going to talk about Drake because Joe Biden's a big Drake fan and he says it on the podcast. He actually said, yo, his words were along the lines of, uh, can we get the quote that Joe said? I'll, I'll go along the lines, but I want to make sure I quote it properly. He was like, Drake's making music for the, the 25 year olds, for the young people, right? Um, and then he said, like, listen to him. He's rapping for the young people. And then he goes, I had to look up how old Drake was. He's going to be like, 37 in nearly 20 days, probably less than that now. And then he started saying, stop hanging around with these young kids and stop sleeping with these 25 year old women. And he was saying that stuff, but that was the pit that they clipped from Joe Budden. But if you listen to the whole podcast beforehand, Joe said a lot more than that. Actually, can we, can we play that bit? Tell me all this, this is like Yanni rapping. This is like he rapping for the children. And that's my, yo dog, I had to look up how old this was when I finished listening to the album. Mm-hmm. You are 36. Your birthday is in 20 days. I Googled that too. You are like 37 <laughs> years old. 
get the f- away from some of these younger niggas and stop in these 25 year olds. <laughs> I'm listening to the album. I mean, so you're a 37 year old billionaire. I get it that you appeal to the world. Loving about Cole. Like, my shit is happening in reverse. Like, with Cole, he used to rap about kid shit. I'm a grown-ass, like, real Jersey City. I want to hear how you lost your virginity. And then he started to grow up. Mm-hmm. And then the rapping sounded the like an up. adult rapping. Yeah. I'm want to hear adult Drake rapping for adult people. <laughs> I get that, but are, are the adults spending the money as much as probably the not generation? Would probably be? not. So, as an aspect for Drake, yeah, he possibly he possibly can have music sent out there for the adults and his generation. But yeah, the, the youngsters are the ones in the clubs. The youngsters are the ones now listening to it everywhere they go. Yeah. So on a sense of on a business level, Drake might be doing it not because he wants to, because he just feels like that's the way forward. That's the way it has All to right. happen. So I hear that, and I and I get that as well. So like you said, it's just him having fun and then also appealing to a wide audience in that yeah. sense, not trying to do like a Jay-Z 444 where he's trying to talk about business and, and struggles of, of lack of diversity in, in different places. Like, and I mean, he's not talking all that like I, I think the inspiring youngs, stuff. The youngsters will be pushing out his music a lot more than adults. Adults will listen to it. Yeah. This is a good track. This is nice. And they probably wouldn't talk about it. They'll just listen yeah. to their car now and then. They wouldn't be going out buying the album or anything like that. Okay. The youngsters really push it out there, don't they? That's true. So I get that. And I mean, right. at 37, sleeping with 25 year old girls, why not? All right. <laughs> Why not? That sounds like a man who's been in a very long relationship not, and he's just living his life vicariously through other people that are living like that. All right. So Drake heard that and he replied on Academics' Insta. <laughs> Wait, can you make that any bigger real quick? There we go. You failed at music. This is Drake on Instagram. Oh, okay. So he replied. Bruv, a coursework essay level paragraph, right? He chat GBT this, didn't he? No, he didn't. This, listen to what he says. It looks like he chat GBT though. He goes, all right. He goes, at Joe Budden, you have failed at music. You left it behind to do what you're doing in this clip because this is actually what pays your bills. For any artist watching this, just remember you're watching a failure give their opinion on his idea of a recipe for success. A quitter give their opinion on how to achieve longevity. You switch careers because the things that pop into your brain had you broke living check to check and the raps you write uh, had 450 men showing up to your shows in Dusty and his jeans (laughs) to screw up their face to mood music 29 and pretend you are the GOAT. Please, any artist is doing what they feel is right. Don't let these opinions affect your mindset after the fact. This guy is a poster child of frustration and surrendering. You retired and we never hung up your jersey. We don't even remember your number. We know for doing, we know you for doing this. You withdrew from rap, not because you accomplished all you need to, it's because it wasn't working for you. I never want anybody in the generation to think that the whole everybody's entitled to their opinion is a real thing. This is a man projecting his own self-hate and the fact I did and continue to do everything he wanted to do for himself. If you need to put in simpler terms, I own a 767. He owns a modest house in the 973 and flies first class on special <laughs> occasions. I mean, no, that's a great response. No, opinion. I don't think it is. What? I think, no, I don't. I mean, it's Drake, funny. Drake doesn't need to respond. The it's, best response would have been no response. I won't, yeah, but I won't you lie. Tell he needed to get that out. It was fun. It was funny to read, but I'll be real with you. I'm with Joe. I'm with Drake on that one. All right, you're, that's, that's cool. fine. I'm, with I'm not Drake. with, I'm not, listen, I'm not with, I'm not with Joe in terms of like, if you think Joe's being bitter, 
and and doesn't and hating. I'm not with the, that Joe that you think. I'm with Joe having an opinion yeah. because. If you listen to the whole podcast, he's actually going, Drake doesn't need to prove anything to me. That guy is the legend. He's the GOAT. And he said he listened, he he went straight to listen to the album because he's a fan of Drake. And then he said, but I heard the album and it, this just wasn't it for me. I think I, you're right to say I, that. I, I, I think on a business point, because I always go back to business, on a business point of level, if his album really sucked and it's just got no, like no one's interacting with it, everyone's saying it's shit. Yeah. Then have an opinion, like this is why it's shit because I think it's this. But because he's doing so fucking well and because he's up there. But then that means you his, can never critique Drake. His opinion Drake. is pretty much irrelevant because he's still winning. But bruv, that means you can never critique Drake because everything he does is going to sell. Everyone critique anything in anyone. But that's what he did. That's and all Joe did. It's everyone's attached to their opinions, but I get you're trying to slate someone who's still winning. But I don't think he was slating him. He just said this project. Like there's a difference between slating a man going, you are terrible. You're awful. Against going, you gave us a project. This one ain't as good as the last one. Because he said the last one was good. Yeah. I feel like you can I mean, dislike- What is the general what? feedback from everyone? Are they saying it's good? It's bad? I don't Trudge. know. Like, I like, general... you go, the, you, what's the general feedback? I think the general feedback is that it's not his greatest album. This but, is it. But are the youngsters loving it? The youngsters love it. Like any, bruv, I did the lyrics to Sexy Red just a minute ago, oh, yeah, right? Terrible. And you were like, ugh. But the um, youngsters love it. I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm saying if you can have an opinion on Sexy Red and those lyrics, right? But the youngsters love it. You Then we can never critique from our opinion because we would be doing the same thing he's doing. Joe. Yeah. I, I don't think Joe's wrong for what he said. I don't think anyone's wrong. In what, if they have an opinion, no one should yeah. be saying what he's right or wrong. It's his opinion. And I, I this all right. kind of bringing down to his level by this comment. That's a long comment it's, to say it, that. It's when you can tell that's hard. Oh, bro, you touched that's the nerve. to him. Bro, you, listen, do you know how amount of times I've been on Instagram and I type a comment and I'm like, this thing I read pissed me off. I'm like, wait, why am I responding? You, yeah, to, and I delete time. the whole thing. And you stop yourself. Bro, I, I write it out and then I delete it because then it feels good to have let out my views, but not to send it to them. But I've done that so yeah. many times. And then I would just, I mean, has, has he responded oh, back to me. this? Yeah, <laughs> look what Joe said. Scroll down. Oh God, he goes on. No, He's, you'll grow up sooner or later. Father time is undefeated. That was it. What does that mean? Like at some point you're going to get older and that's going to, it's going to hit you. I reckon... And it will. And I think his career will stop, will slow down. So why I, not just... I don't even think it's about his career slowing down. I think if you look, if you listen to what Joe was saying, he was talking about hanging around with these young kids and sleeping with these 25-year-olds. Now, this is where... This is only me from my, from my understanding of... Why is of, that considered wrong? All right, let me break this down. This is only coming from me talking from my behavioral psychology analysis yeah. aspect where I can do this and read elements. I'm not perfect. I don't know it all. I'm only going by if I was to look at the, the circumstances. He, on the album, we talked about being with Rihanna. He's not with Rihanna anymore. Rihanna, he loved her. He said it on stage. I love this girl. I love you. Yeah. Rihanna broke it off of him. From then he started going on his rampage a little bit, didn't he? Yeah. In terms of the girls he was trying to get with and so on, right? I feel like Rihanna was the benchmark. That one girl that he wanted, had, didn't get, and then moved on. That's why everyone says you're still hung up on her, right? Yeah. The 25 year olds, are the ones he can go for because there is an element of Drake's personality or persona when he puts it out there on like social media or the albums and the music that he does. It feels like a lot of the women that are older and I've spoken to a few like who are our age or older, like the appeal for Drake in terms of like for the ladies, they're like, he, he's got kind of a, a bitter or a corny whininess about him that for a relationship is like, not attractive, yeah. but the young girls, 
They don't care about that. They, they want Drake. They like the money. They like the fame, the popularity. So the 25-year-old girls are the ones that are, are happy for like that kind of attention. But someone like a Rihanna, who he would have seen as his equal in his match that he dated, it feels like you, he's there's that kind of throwing the shots at her. The energy that he's putting into throwing the shots at her is because possibly, and the reason why people think he's hung up, possibly that was the girl that would have been his settle down. My do my life, build a family. Maybe with. he wants everyone to believe that, and maybe he's doing all this for one reason. It could be because everyone loves his love story, don't they? It could be. No, he said that. He said that in the interview with um, uh, LeBron, wasn't it? I think what did he, he say? He said that um, that everyone was expecting me to have this fairy tale life with Rihanna, settled down with her. Yeah, and then he says he finishes off by saying, "For the record, I did want that. I wanted a family with her, and that." Oh, uh, so if he so from he yeah, said yeah. that, yeah, bro. Let's be honest. If you were with Rihanna, who you felt is your match. And then you lose that. And that's, who's going to be able to match Rihanna? Everybody else that you're thinking of that, of those levels is done. Like married. People that you could probably say are better than <laughs> No way. Bro, all right, Rihanna, think about, no, you're, you're, you're taking a piss, but let's be, Rihanna is a billionaire businesswoman with albums that are platinum. She's also stunning. And she's also got the the energy and the vibe and the following of people that love her the same way that they love like those level of people, your Beyonce's, your your Drake's, right? Who can he really else go with that he can match with? That is like, they were kind of equally yoked and he still got with her and then she ended it. Do you understand? Yeah. Who else can you find after that? I mean, Drake could have anyone he wants. He can, but they're not like Rihanna. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I wouldn't want to date a woman with that so much power. But he's got an equal amount in music himself. Yeah. So it's not dating someone who's more powerful than you. It's dating someone that you see as your equal. And everyone else is easy money for him. Oh yeah, it would have been a power couple if they- That's what I'm saying. So I think he lost out on the power couple element. And that's why there's those shots and the pain. And also I heard, I mean, it's obvious that him and ASAP Rocky knew each other because- Music industry, and they, I'm sure they've done tunes together and stuff, didn't they? Yeah, fucking problems. Yeah, that's it, yeah. If it was that cut up and that down about it, would you want to bring it up and with the songs that you do? Because, I mean, if I loved a girl that much in the cup, I wouldn't want to talk about it anymore. But a lot of people do. Look at Chris Brown with um, Carucci. Mm. Was it Carucci? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Chris Brown and Carucci. He'd throw her songs on tracks and she was like, bruv, I'm done with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then again, are you doing it for a publicity thing and to get, because uh, everyone loves a love story. Everyone loves beef okay, between yeah. rappers. And so as soon as you hear, oh, Drake's done a song about Rihanna, straight away. You're going to be on that, yeah. Even if you're not interested, you're like, what's he saying? But all right. want to see the reply. And all the replies, it gets attention. And it gets okay. people listening to the music. Now imagine you are like another Rihanna or somebody who has that kind of mentality, maturity, etc. Do you want to be married or dating the guy that keeps throwing shots to his ex just to make it seem like there's something going on? Yeah, it's just like Eminem and his mum. There's bored of that. No? This, this, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, all right, cool. Eminem's the goat to me. I'm not going to say no, but I, I love it. But, but so imagine a, a woman ain't going to want to hear that your man is carrying himself that way. You keep throwing shots at all the women that you dated, etc. So the girls that he can get, no matter how rich he is, they pro- like the ones who are mature that are like, I don't care about your money. I've got my own. I've got my own status. I've got my own business. The ones that don't care about that stuff that want a genuinely good guy, look at him and go, he's corny. Yeah. That, that's what I think is happening. Now we love the music and we love the energy he puts out. I think he's so entertaining and talented, but when you hit the kind of levels of I'm um, doing the corn stuff, 
and we read that, of course you're going to get someone like a Joe Biden that says what he says and go, bro, stop hanging around with these 25-year-old girls. There's more to life than that. Do you see? And that's what I think is happening. Like you're seeing a man with everything that people... He's got yes men all around him, but yet not maybe be as fulfilled because the people he wants to say yes will say no. And that's yeah. someone as high as Rihanna. Drake's probably got loads of friends that are just yes men. And agree of with course. He's got a friend going, Bruff, Kanye shut had the that. fuck up. Stop doing this now. Yeah. Stop sending out for Rihanna. Give it up and just move on. Do you remember we all said Kanye had that when everyone was calling him a genius, but no one was around him saying, bro, I think you need to get some help. I think he is genius. You don't think there's an element of him that needs to... No, I feel like he... <laughs> I feel with Kanye, he obviously, he... Brother. He's very intellectual. And I feel yes, like... Yes, definitely. I feel like he. no one can understand him. So they see, oh, he's crazy. But if you... if There's some people out there that can understand him. I feel like when he's... I don't know a lot about him, but what I see of him, I feel... I, Did I you feel, see him barefoot with his bum cheeks hanging out recently? I didn't see. Get a couple out. of years ago. Let's see it. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. So I, I want to hear Kanye. genius when you see this but picture. Kanye's new track. I heard a few lyrics and I thought that was hard. Bro, I, I think two things, everyone. but two things can be right about that. He could be a genius, but he also could be in need of help. Bro, he's had a lot of trauma go happen to him and he's also had the world attacking him. We'll, oh, we'll talk about um, Beckham's in a bit actually. Or the world attacking him and all sorts, but to keep on going, yeah, bro. To keep, I think I, I do. I think Kanye's a genius. I, I really. Fam, feel, oh, there's his bum. That's cheek. a whole bum cheek. Like, yeah, that's not. Yeah, tell me that's a genius move. Yeah, but come on, when this paparazzi, I'm sure there's been times when your bum's been out in my bum. No, it has <laughs> not. Look, bro, stop caping <laughs> for this man. <laughs> there's bro, been times. Come on, I've been. I've been I love his music. The guy out. is a Everyone's musical genius, slipping. but his bum cheek is hanging out is for weird. no reason. Bro, yeah, look, but look on, where he is. There must be a time when you're in Asda shopping. All no, time. there's not a time. Hey, where, do you, where do you shop? Me? Yeah. Um, Tesco, Tesco, Sainsbury's, yeah. Tesco's and you go to the bottom shelf, you need to get down. No. <laughs> you might be wearing No, tight my shorts. bum cheek doesn't hang out and in you Sainsbury's. Don't know. And you might bend down. What do you mean I don't bum. know? He's on a yeah. boat, bruv. The breeze alone will but go past not, you. He's not in, a, in a, an area where it's... He's sitting people. on the wood of the boat with his bum cheek hanging out. zoomed in with him off another Bro, boat or a bridge. Listen, we're indoors. If you put your clear bum cheeks on this wooden table right now, you're feeling the like the cold from the texture of this, yeah? If I had his money in that boat, I'd get my bum cheeks. See, right there, there's the yes man about him. <laughs> it's about it. the money and all of that now. Bro, you but can be gonna rich. we're judge him from his butt cheeks or his music. No, the butt cheeks and I don't know the past three years. How about that? <laughs> what is wrong? Trudge, talk to him, please. I mean, if your bum cheeks are out like that and you are outdoors... With your wife on a speedboat. There's not a part of you, like someone else is thinking, thinking this guy's a bit different for having his bum cheeks out. You could be a genius and still have them in. Tell me what makes you a genius for having your bum cheeks out on the boat. He might, he was unaware, obviously, that his bum cheeks Bro, out. if you're unaware that your bum cheeks are out to that degree, you need help and assistance. There's something wrong with you. I mean, she might like it. She might like it. I don't care. But if you're with a woman that likes you having your bum cheeks out on a speedboat, <laughs> just so the paparazzi can get pictures of you, it seems like he might need some help and assistance. I get that, but we've all, there must be a time. We don't know the story behind that. He might have just gone for a Bruv, I don't need to know the story. I know what's behind him. It's his bum cheeks. It's his bum cheeks behind that. And I wouldn't let his bum cheeks... 
I mean, I'm not going to give my opinion on that, but <laughs> that's not going to make me stop liking him. I do think, I do like Kanye a lot. No, I I'm like, not saying that's wrong. I like him because he's so, he, he's a man that speaks up for himself and whatever he believes in, he sticks up for. And I respect that. I mean, that was, that was a, a little while ago. That just follow what's going on in the world and just yes men, yes men, yes men. But I think- He sticks but, up to what he believes in. But the in thing is, his beliefs change every year, depending on what he needs to advertise. I think- me, you, anyone's beliefs can be changed. Not as drastically as his. No, nah, maybe not, but he deals with a lot more, doesn't he? And I think because he deals with a lot more, he needs some help mentally. And that's what I was saying. He's a genius, but yeah, you could still be a genius and seek I help. I think he needs a psychiatrist because his bum cheeks are out. Bro, I think that's one of the main <laughs> reasons he needs a psychiatrist. Bro, if I sat here right now, just talking to you casually- I don't know why I keep looking at his bum thank cheeks. Thank you, yeah. Maybe you need a psychiatrist. Yeah, there's his bum cheeks. Bro, if I sat here right now, just talking to you casually, penis hanging out, just resting on my leg, getting some oh air, my God. letting my Change coochie breathe. Subject. Can I tell you a story? <laughs> yeah, go on. So the other day I went to the gym and we're all in a sauna. And um, this is going off topic. Sorry, bud. No, go just, it's When you say something and it brings your memory in your head. Yeah. So we're all sitting on the sauna and I'm with two of my mates and the sauna's packed. And there was this old man. He must have been, I don't know, late 70s, 80s. Now he was wearing the tightest Speedos, uh. but his bollocks were hanging out of the shorts, just like there. But that I get. But <laughs> no, go on. it was like, you know, when you're a kid and you're like laughing in a school classroom. Yeah. And then you're trying to get everyone's attention going, yo. Everyone see what I'm seeing right now. Yeah. And he's there. Oh, lads. He's just bollocks. Now, a little part of me thought, like, does he know or does he just not care? When you get to a point of that age, when you're a bit overweight, no, I you're think a bit saggy, he no, and I he's gone he for a sauna, his bollocks were just, but they were fucking massive. <laughs> massive. When I say massive, I could not stop looking. So like, you, have, you have a real thing of looking at body parts. I've just noticed it's, this. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he just and he was in the sauna, and every time someone walked past the sauna, because he was like the first person you'd see when you walk past him. Yeah, I was seeing other people's reactions. It was making me laugh even more. And in the sauna, everyone's quiet, and I'm I'm pissing myself laughing because his bollocks are just. Out. I would have said something. I was. Someone should have. I mean, I kind of wanted That's... to, but you think, what do I say? Am I am I going to offend someone in here? Nah, bro. Hey, yo, hey, hey, my guy. He probably would have just said, "I know your balls are hanging out." I beg. <laughs> and he would have gone away. Yeah, I know. And just carried on. That's like, fine. At least then I know it was a decision. It was a choice you made. But he might go, oh, sorry, let me tuck that in real quick. My bad. Like, but he... uh, off, since that incident's happened, yeah. I've just met him a few times and we speak and he's a nice curse. I'm not going to Does he do his balls him. out every time? I'm not going to judge him because he had his balls out that time. I mean, but did he, does he bring his balls out every time? I think he wears looser shorts now. So it was a mistake. <laughs> it must have been. How regular does this guy walk around and dress like this? A bit more often than not. Yeah. Bum cheeks out, barefoot in the on the streets. I don't think he cares. I don't think he's that bothered. I, that's why I think he needs help. I would really think you should care if you're walking barefoot in other countries. I mean, he is in a private place. He's on, on concrete and glass. He could be butt naked for all he cares. Yeah. I mean, is this his new wife? I don't even know what's going on. In yeah, he's he's got uh, he's been married to her for a few years now, about about two years maybe, something like that. Yeah, recent. Yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, that's Kanye, man. That's his energy. But I'm just saying, people like that, I do believe that we give a free pass for because they become yes people, right? Or people, sorry, they're surrounded by yes people. And you need to have that stopped. Some people do need, like, I don't know, like, who's in Drake Circle, probably his friends and stuff, but enough of them need to go, yeah, bro, I'm not going to lie. Like, if they felt that way. Nothing, that's a real friend. Real, that's what the people you need. 
Yeah. Real friends would sit there and say, yo. Bro, that sounds bitter. Stop taking selfies, Mick. Stop taking selfies and pouting. Bro, you how many times I say that, that to you? Yeah. And, and I kept and it's telling stop, him. Right? So. <laughs> bro, I keep it real with you. Bro, I won't, like. You need friends like he, that. He stop knows me. Pouting. He knows me, right? Like, barber situation. Like, we, we're going to get into it now. Not too deep. <laughs> we'll get too deep. Barber si- Not yours. Don't worry. Oh yours, God. like, barber situation. There was a barber that was in the shop with him. Yeah? And he left. He left to go and move down to a work in a shop in London. Remember where we are? We're now in Bedfordshire. I'm from London. I know how expensive it is to go up and down. I do it every day for work or tours or comedy shows. So I'm looking at this guy thinking, but you're not originally from London. So you're used to Bedford prices or he's from like somewhere else, I think like down South Coast or something, but not London prices. You're now going to travel into London to try and make a name for yourself in a new barbershop down there. The cost you're going to have to uh, incur is high. You've got to wake up super early in the morning. And the reason he wanted to go down there is because he thought if I'm in that environment, I'm going to get a lot more celebrity cuts. He wakes up, he woke up now for a while, every morning to go down there. He left Mick and the rest of the people in the shop high and dry with extra clients because he had the clients in that shop. Yeah, he did that. Didn't leave like on a, I'm going to give it two, three weeks, not book anyone else in. It's like he he told me, and then he was supposed to leave by a certain time. He left earlier than that because he just wanted to rush down and get to that shop and start these celebrity cuts. He goes down there. I messaged him. I won't say his name, but I'm, he knows who he is. And he he's feeling it now. I messaged him and I said, blood, you're making a stupid decision. Don't even bother moving down there. And I'm not, I won't name the shop he went to, but it was a waste of time for him going to that shop. I knew that he would go there and be one of the many barbers that doesn't get the opportunity to cut some of the celebrities because the head barber of that shop just wants all the celebrities for himself. And I told him, bro, I'm not a barber, but I understand this game. Don't go down there and start trying to build a name down there in this shop, if you're going to go down there because you want to build a name in London, that's cool, but you're not going to the right place. You're doing it where you think it's going to do you good, but these guys are going to take the piss out of you. You're going to go down there. They're going to take you for a mug. You're going to be traveling and like six, seven in the morning from up here down to London. You're not driving. You'll go down there on a train. You've got to pay for train there, train back up every day. You've got to figure out how to get home from the train station. All of that, like three, four hours of your day, every day is going to be traveling to go down there and cut hair. And it's going to be more expensive to you be, for you to be in that shop. I told him this and I said, I give it six months. Bruv, the cracks were showing after like three, <laughs> six months go by. And this guy looks like he doesn't want to come back. This is where you could jump in without saying names. <laughs> do right? I want to jump in or do I want to carry on? All right, fine. I'll do it for oh, you. Because oh, Mick's um, trying to play Switzerland right now. I'll do no, it for I'll, you. I'll, I'll talk about it on the on, Just on do the, be I mean, a quick. I mean, we'll do a quick summary. I mean, he, he, wouldn't be, he wouldn't be the last. He's not been the first. I've had barbers come and go. I get it. I get the excitement when you get offered opportunities like that. Um, and you you set yourself apart on a career goal. Huh. And it probably came a little bit too soon. I get it. But there are... I think because of um, a lot of barbers work with egos and they don't work with, they don't see the bigger picture. They just see it and think, right, I'm going to jump into that. This is what's going to work. I'm going to be a celebrity overnight. But it takes years. It takes a lot of grind. It takes a long time. It takes, I mean, I've been cutting here 20 years and it's, it says a very long time, but for someone to jump ship that quickly when there's no loyalty, I mean, to me, it's a, done me a favor because yes, you see loyalty in people like that. And you do think at the time they're good people. Yeah. But when these true, these things happen in life and true colors come, it's nice to know. 
So I see, I like that, but I, I, I see it. I see the when, when obviously when he left and he jumped ship straight away and I won't talk about all the details in between. Yeah. I mean, you knew it wouldn't work. I knew it wouldn't work, but I didn't but want I to say told anything. Him. Because straight. It, I was in that point of level, it makes me sound, um, if I said anything that it won't bitter. work, it sounds bitter, it sounds a source of jealousy. Yeah. And so I just said, you need to make a decision for yourself. You do it. Obviously in between, it's, it's, it's it, I mean, I've had it from other barbers before and I get it. And a lot of barbers these days, they work with egos and egos is going to make a barber fail. Out of experience, I've had an ego before. I've started to let it go because I feel like egos don't get you anywhere. I guess you, you like that lesson by having it and then coming out of it. And hopefully he comes out of it. But the thing that messed him up, I'm not even, see, I don't, I agree with you with loyalty being important, but I also know in business, there is no loyalty when it comes to individuals in business. Yeah. Right. There should be, there needs to be more, but I understand if he wanted to get up and go and figure out stuff, you can do that without burning a bridge. You, you do say, look, bro, I do want to try this. I need to find out my journey for myself. And what, how long do I have to work? All right. Two weeks. Let me work my two weeks. You get to the end of that. At least he could turn around and say, you didn't leave me in the lurch. You left properly. You were professional about it. And like the respect would have still remained there, but it's how he left. And then afterwards coming back, I'll say it, trying to call other people that are his clients that he either had to pick up off from when he left or clients that were already his. When he had to come back, because he fell down there, it didn't work out for him, came back up to Bedford now. Loads of barbers don't want to work with him because they know that what kind of person he is. Try to message me and other people. Yo, I'm back in town, bruv. Do you want to wanna cut? Come to where I am. I'm like, Ruboy, I'm at the barbers you left. That's no, you can't try and then like entice me to come over and nah, bruv. But yeah, that's, I mean, that, yeah, if, that's, this was, if this was any sort of, I don't know if it was the drug game in the street. Oh, bruv, you, you would get snuffed. <laughs> yeah. If it's my corner, <laughs> brother, if I'm trying would, to sell a brick would... on my corner and you're going to then tell the fiends, hey, come, come, come over here, bruv. My brick is cleaner, right? If you're doing that and you're doing it round, like where I could see you doing it, they'll, got, they'll take you out for that. Obviously that's an illegal business. That come, That's a certain world that you're not a part of, right? You got to be taller than 5'4 as well yeah, to yeah, be yeah. part of that world, with all respect. <laughs> but yeah. So I chose barbering. Yeah. <laughs> He's got like a little step stool to cut my, anyway, listen. So, nah, nah, let me leave that. Um, what else what else has been going on? I'm trying to there's a heavy topic I'm trying to avoid for a little bit. I won't go until too late. We know what that one is. Beckham's. Have you seen the Beckham's documentary? I've started to. So I'm halfway through. I'm loving it at the minute. All right, I don't want to I won't give away too much what on was it, that, three right? Episodes? Uh four. I've watched three. There's one more to go. So I'm on the second episode. I'm halfway in between that. What about you, Trudge? I haven't started yet. Haven't you? And you're the football head. Yeah, no, honestly, it's because obviously, you know, my day job is working like with like documentaries on footballers. Who, who's, like, watch this, who's the main guy you work with regularly? Gary Neville. Hey. That's, that's our, my regular guy, but yeah. he sold his steak actually quite recently. So, but oh, we, is it? We still get all this stuff. We like, you know, overlap, uh, documentaries, class 92, soccer yeah. box. Like, we still do all this stuff, but he's, um, you know, he's a businessman at the end of the day now. So. Of course. Does he have a regular bar? Yeah. Oh, uh, probably <laughs> <laughs> but Up in Nev- Manchester, yeah. So Nev is on the documentary. Oh, right. Yeah, Neville's in it. Yeah. Bro, it. let me tell you something, right? If there's one thing that documentary reaffirmed to me, I'd, I'm not, so spoil, uh, in fact, no, I'm going to do it with no spoilers. I don't want to ruin it for everybody. And I've also Why got not? one episode to watch because anyone here might watch it and I don't want to spoil it too much then for them. switch off now. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> you want to do spoilers? Nah, nah. But to be fair, how are you going to spoil something which everyone knew happened? I mean, it's on TV right now. So yeah. It's their own fault. And forget TV, it happened. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't watch, like I remember when um, American 
uh, what was it? American History, the OJ one, OJ versus the people. Oh, crime story. Oh, unbelievable. Right. With yep. um, Cuba Gooden Jr. playing OJ, right? Yep, yep. Right? People be like, I don't want to ruin it for you, but he he gets off at the end. <laughs> we know, bruv. It was a, it was a real thing. <laughs> anyway, uh, with this, I, I suppose you can't really ruin it, can you? But it goes into everything that Beckham went through, but in detail, from becoming a footballer, becoming like the face and the famous guy that he was. And then you've seen the first episode. So you've seen the, that, like, like what happened at 98 World Cup. Yeah. Right. Is that in the first episode, isn't it? You haven't watched it. Yeah. And it 98 World Cup. the second as well, don't it? Yeah, yes, yeah, it bro. A, yeah. If it's one thing it's reaffirmed for me, do you and, and whatever people think and feel about you, you have to try your hardest to not care because bruv, Beckham is loved. Yeah. But during that time, I remember it. Everybody hated yeah. him. He went from a hero. He went from a hero hated. from one small mistake to the most hated man in this country. Yeah. Right. For context, um, 98 World Cup, it was Argentina. He was playing. Um, he must have, he got fouled by Simeone. And it was Simeone, wasn't it? Yeah, Simeone. Yeah. He got fouled by Simeone. And he was frustrated. And then went, before he got up, he kind of flicked up his leg. It's that famous video. He flicked up his leg and he kicked Simeone. Simeone, he threw himself down a bit. Diego Simeone threw himself down. And he even admits it as well. He admitted it in the dock. Yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah, bruv, I hammed it up. But you that's what you're do, supposed you to do, do bruv. Yeah, no, I'm trying to get you off the pitch. We're trying to get through. Of course. He, he hammed it up. He falls over. He gets the red card. He gets the red card. And then nil-nil, aren't they? Right? They're nil-nil throughout the whole game. Was it 2-2? Two, 2-2. Two? Two, two. Beckham and received it... the red card, scored 2-2. Two, two. Oh, it was 2-2. Two, two. Sorry. Okay. Oh, they were equal though, right? So 2-2. Two, two. It goes to penalties. England don't pass through penalties. Argentina go through. Everybody blamed Beckham for getting kicked off. But he got kicked off how far? Like it was... I mean, they was... could have lost the game of himself. They could have lost, but no one's thinking that way. They're thinking, bruv, you are... David Beckham, you are the golden boy and your anger and rage got me upset. I think with England, English football though, and uh, a lot of people get offended if I say this, but respectfully, I feel like every, fans always want something or someone to blame for their losses. Of course. They were blaming everybody. They tried to blame him. If it weren't him, they tried to blame the, the captain. Like, bro, look at the World Cup recently that we had. They were like, anyone who was on the penalty shootouts or Euro, sorry, penalty shootouts, bro, they were trying to blame all the black kids for not getting the pens. But yeah. bro, like, they'll do that with anybody that they can. Like, anytime you're up, they're like, you're one of us. As soon as you mess up, you're like, yeah. you are. Bro, they were hanging effigies of him out of windows, setting them on fire. Like, Manchester United fans, some of them were like, even whilst he was playing, were like booing him. But anytime it was a fan from another team that Manchester United were playing after the 98 World Cup, they were really going ham on him, like calling him a wanker and all that from the stands nonstop for five months, six months straight. And then after that, he he won back favour again and they loved him again, bro. The emotional roller coaster that that man had, and it was the day oh, after yeah. he found out he was going to be a dad. That, that for anyone could have, I mean, back then as well, mental health wasn't a, a big thing. No one was talking about it back then. No they mentioned that on there as well. And how he got treated. Yeah, everywhere he went, he'd walk down the street and then he just got abused. And anyone mentally going through that could have just hang up their boots and see. And this is Beckham. He's worth like 350, 360 million. This is guy, this guy's super rich, modeling contracts. He was one of the most famous faces in the world up until then. And then obviously when he went to Real Madrid, it was even bigger. And yet people were like, Beckham is the guy. He married a Spice Girl. Yeah. Right. And yet they still were looking to, 
they were looking to, they were looking for blood when it came to him. Documentary so good. I love how it showed how he was. You ain't seen the next bits where it talks about his relationship with his dad, like the whole controversy with him and Ferguson with the boot. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Remember that as well, Charge? Yeah, the plaster. The, the, the little plaster on his yeah. eye and stuff. Him becoming like the model and as well as the um the 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 famous right foot Beckham, like juggling all of that. He became one of the world's greats. When he played Real Madrid and it was um he talks about Zidane. Um, playing Zidane, Roberto Carlos, oh, and Ronaldo. An, an elite team, didn't he? Yeah. The best of the best and they smoked him, but but Ferguson kept him on the bench for that team, for that game until later on, like much later on in the game, he came on. As soon as he came on, he scored two. Yeah. But Ferguson was trying to treat him, like teach him a lesson. The shaving, the hair stuff, getting to do different hairstyles, all of that, bro. The man was culture. Oh, he was in the public eye every day, wasn't he? Every this single is, day. Again, and then the wedding. Social media as well. So it was always newspapers and... All of that. The wedding as well. Um, him wearing, wearing purple. his skirt that he wore. Oh, yeah, all I of mean, that. Imagine that now. It wouldn't be a thing. It would not be a thing. But back then, he was a trendsetter. Yeah. Big up him, man. You need to watch that. If you ain't watched it, watch it. Honestly, tr- uh, Trudge, when you get a chance, please watch that. Come back and tell me what you think. What I love about oh, it, it's, it's a story that, I, I mean, everyone has a life story that makes them the, the person they are today. Yeah. And I feel, I feel as, as much as a bad thing that happened to him, it... Made him, oh, definitely overcome yeah. that to come over. But he's, I'm the most hated man in England. But he right said, now, and then you captain your country many years yeah. after that. And you, but he said hero. he never really got over it. He said even yeah. till now he still feels guilty for it. That is heavy. Yeah. Like you have to let it go some at some point. But bro, the man's like 47, 48, still feels the guilt of when he was twenty three. He could have had a choice either going one way or the other, overcome it and let all that hate talking. Cause I mean, everyone loves a bit of hate because yeah. it makes you, it fuels you up to do better. Yeah. Or you take that hate and you just become a nobody and you fail. So it's, it's a very inspiring story for not just like even the younger, younger generation who don't know David Beckham. Yeah. So youngsters watching now that story there. Yeah. It's for, not, for Beckham for me. He's one of the best players to come out of England. Oh, he's there. dope. He's, he's, Oh, top tier. And he's been a role model on and off the pitch. Top tier. Yeah. And he seems so humble. Yeah. Like, even though he does all the modeling stuff, he still seems like that East London boy who was raised by, you know, he had parents in the house, but they really tried to keep him on football and just from humble so beginnings. Even when he was queuing up to see the, the Queen's body when she died, David yeah. Beckham would even ask, you can go skip the front. Like he went, Philip no. Schofield and Holly Willie Booby that decided to jump the queue. But <laughs> David Beckham decided to be amongst the people and bruv, queue up bruv, just like... A, and that bruv, respect, that's respect. Bruv, are you not... Jump in the queue, though. <laughs> like, I, no, I mean, on. I would, yeah. This I is mean, what I'm saying. Like, no, let's, I mean, let's keep it a buck. Come on. That queue was a day long, yeah? Be, if someone comes up to you and says you get to pay your respects to the Queen's body, uh, to, you know what I mean? Like, you can have a wait 24 hours. <laughs> or we got a little, you know, Alton Towers pass where you can go in the fast lane <laughs> and you, it's half an hour fast, fast track. track to see the, the, the dead Bro, queen. come on, let's keep it a buck. Are you... <laughs> you got it. Beckham or not? Blah. You got it. Respect to Beckham. I respect what Beckham did, but yeah, if but you're in that situation... You can't... That's a long way. You can't offer me a free little... <laughs> No, I'm not, no, come on, don't try to laugh at what I'm saying. No, Considering you'd get a lot of abuse and hate after that. Nah, if I know the outcome, but come on, 
the, Philip Schofield or Holly Willoughby didn't sit there thinking, I mean, if I do this, the whole country's going to hate us. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. The same way that Beckham didn't think, if I kick my man, the whole country's going to hate me. Bro, you do what you do in the moment, yeah? <laughs> I've done it before where someone offers me, like, the, the quickness to, like, if I queue up for a comedy show and I know the queue's messy and I'm performing... And it's like five, six, seven people in front. Oh, you come through, come through. I'm like, no, no, it's cool. Let everyone else sort it out. I won't, I'll, I'm fine with that. But if the queue's like 24 hours, yeah? Yeah, you jump in. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's a tempting thing. <laughs> I have to consider taking that. But yeah, honestly, watch the documentary. Let me know what you think on it as well. So yeah, hold on. Where's my phone actually? Where is it? You got it on the table? Yeah, yeah. Oh, throw it to me if you can. Hold on. Don't break no, it, you know. No, no, Are oh, you too worried about no, that? No, there's too much equipment. I got it. Safe. All right. Yeah, I put some notes in here, man. <laughs> I got your message. Mad coming now. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of want to not touch that topic. I can't lie. <laughs> what there's, is it? Huh? I'm not saying. <clears throat> I am not saying. I'm not right now. Maybe right, at the end. So you don't want to touch on it. No, what at the it? end, maybe. Oh, at okay. the end, maybe. What have what you got, bruv? Try oh. to. Oh, wow, so sticking up, there was actually a plot to kidnap Holly Willoughby, like quite recently. Shut up. Was no, there? seriously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some guy got arrested for it. Hold on, let me try it. Legit, I've yeah, not legit, heard that legit, yet. Yeah. I had never heard that. Yeah, I saw it pop up like a Sky News thing. Well, and I mean, fact, what was his end goal? What was he going to do with her? Bro, you can't, see, them man are sick in the head. You can never even try to consider. Man, man charged over alleged plot to kidnap and murder. Oh, wow. Oh, I didn't know about the murder. And murder. Okay, now this is turning a sinister, I mean, like, Oh, is this legit? <laughs> yeah. Why have I not heard Sky about I'm glad they caught him. Thank God. Because that's, I mean, you hear that. It's not fun. It's not funny about kidnapping, but like? murder as well. This guy had I some bet he's a mess in it. I bet you some. We've got a picture of him. Yeah, and does it even say why? Like, did he admit why? Because he's now been charged. Oh, look at him. Oh, do, you, do you know when I picture something in my head? Yeah. That was it. Seriously. I didn't want to say it, but yeah. Let me. I just pictured some. Let me. Let me preface this. I'm so like fat guy behind a keyboard. Let me. Let me. Let me preface this. I'm thankful that no one kidnapped Holly Willoughby and everyone's safe. So you know, prayers and well wishes to everyone who might be worried about this. Right. I'm looking at this man who's looking to kidnap someone. He doesn't look like he can carry his own weight. I mean, she, <laughs> she looks like she could just run away from him. And I don't yeah. think he's gonna catch her. There's like. He would have to set like a, he'd have to set a Wiley e. Coyote trap because he's not physically grabbing anyone and walking away. He can't carry himself, right? I'm not making jokes about the situation. I'm laughing at the idea that whoever this man who's not mentally well, and I, I'm not, I, I mean, people might go, you should be more sensitive to this. Respectfully, this guy tried to kidnap Holly Willoughby. I ain't got no time. to laugh, but. Bro, I ain't got no time to show Look respect to him. Well, no time to show respect to this man, but I will say respectfully, I have to preface it respectfully. You're not kidnapping anybody, bruv. If anything, this this brother right now... <laughs> the picture gets worse. The pictures get worse. There's nothing about him that is kidnapping him. He's not kidnapping... Why, why though? Did someone pay him? Was he... What, what's the story behind it? Was he just obsessed with her? Is he a fan? I don't know. Obsessed, I think. He just wanted to kidnap and murder I like Holly Willoughby, man. She's cool. She's such, from what it seems like, she's so lovely. I, I don't got not a bad word to say about her. You like Some, Philip Schofield? I've ne other than never see what had happened, I never thought anything bad of him before, but then that whole situation has really marred my image of him. 
but again, he's now out of the limelight for me to even really think about what I think about him, if that makes it's sense. It's funny that, how they push him out of the limelight. But I mean, come on, if you're grooming someone from young and so on, that, that's wild. That is wild. I know you're a conspiracy guy where you'll think, you always think, what was the agenda? Like when he generally has done a crime and you kind of push him out of the public eye, when there's people in the public eye that are getting accused for a lot more, when there's yeah. still no evidence, still no proof, and the way they get treated is very different to how Philip Schofield got treated. Mm. I just find it when there's actual hard evidence and he's done this. It's the same thing with like Jimmy Savile all of these years. They knew what he was doing, but no one ever mentioned it. And they, it should have been brought up. And it yeah, never was. And they just turned a blind eye. But I think so. with him, he he was in a power position where he had information on others and also... Oh yeah, he would have probably taught... That's, he that's, why, that's why they protect him because he probably knows... And that's foul. Like that that for me is foul. Like if, you, if, if he's going to... If he's protecting other people that are in power... I'm sorry, He, you need to still dash him. And if other people are doing foul as well, get him as well. I think he should be locked up. <laughs> He's probably been protected right now. Being, still be paid. Philip? Yeah. I don't know still the being paid. The Still being protected. What was that, what was that say? Prosecutors told the court, so this guy was Plum, that Mr. Plum that tried to kidnap, um, kidnap Holly Willoughby. Pros- Professor Plum. Professor Plum. <laughs> You're thinking of clump, is what you're thinking. I was thinking of Cluedo. Oh, plump from Cluedo. I was thinking clump from Nutty Professor. <laughs> uh, prosecutors told the court that Plum was part of a network of like-minded individuals and he had conspired with a man from the US whom he arranged to fly to Britain next week to execute their plot. They alleged to have uh, devised their conspiracy over the internet and made a detailed plan to execute it. Bruh. All right, there's your first mistake, How did right? they get caught? He, he did it on the internet, bro. Oh, okay. That's your first mistake. I'm telling you, some people like this are st- it's stupid. I'm glad he got caught and it never went through, but you're stupid. You are dumb. I'm sorry. If you're going to go and make a plot on the internet to do something that malicious and and, and diabolical, you're going to do it in a way that people could track what you're saying. I've, I believe instantly that if you say something over a phone or you search for something that's wild, it flags up somewhere. So why would you, like, I want to give this man too much time. All right, well, and thank God she's all right and nothing happened to her. Uh, yeah, move on with that one. What was your next one, Judge? Uh, I've got the Robin Hood tree. You're bothered about that. That's an interesting thing. Oh, yeah, did you hear about that? Nope. Some kid, like, he cut down, there's a, a Robin Hood tree, which is in um, the film Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. The one with um, Kevin Costner. Right. It's a tree near Hadrian's Wall. Uh, some kid got arrested for cutting it down. And another guy as well, an older guy, if I'm right. Yeah? Yeah. For cutting it down. Arrested, yeah, 16-year-old and a 30-year-old. Yeah. There's so? A- <laughs> <laughs> Why is that news? <laughs> was it a fucking film prop? <laughs> no, it was like a landmark. It was one of the oldest trees in the country. It's like a landmark tree. And, and- they cut down trees... Fucking every single day with the environment. Now they want to moan about this one tree that they've cut down. Bro, I sometimes off. I don't sometimes get <laughs> I don't it, it meant something to someone. Of trees. All it of a meant, sudden this one tree now gets knocked down. We've got to put it as a news article. Respectfully, it meant something to someone. So did thousands of other trees. Sycamore gap. I do that's not it. give a shit about. Hadrian's Wood. I don't care about that. Fucking <laughs> tree. I just want to say. That I'm sure the tree meant something to someone and 
you know, prayers and thoughts to those who lost their tree. But I'll be on <laughs> Rest in peace tree. But respectfully... Do you know what I mean? Like I th- one tree now gets a whole news article, but then thousands of trees are knocked down. Every- I'm not an environmentalist totally f- or anything like that. No, I know. Just, this happens all the time, but this one tree now is like... I, I totally forget to tell him that if he's going to say something disrespectful, he has to preface respectfully. it with a phrase. <laughs> respectfully. Respectfully. I totally forgot to tell him that. Never mind. Just throw all the disrespect. Respectfully. respectfully Kanye's bum cheeks. film prop tree... It's sad that someone cut it. Why it was a it? real tree. Why did he cut it down? It wasn't a prop. I think he just did it for um, sabotage or a prank so, or whatever. But you say it has historical meaning for the film, not as in real life. It's a sycamore gap tree. It was like 300 years old, something like that. I don't know. How long- did, he, did he cut it down? On, did he know what the tree was? How now, do you, now I'm curious. I have to know. How do you cut down a tree? That, that is oh, a big tree as well. Oh, oh, now you, now you. That's think, a big tree. Now you can see why it might have upset a few people. That's the only tree in the field as well. Look. Yeah. Why did he? Why did he cut it? I feel like they, the, the film, they cut down the rest and kept that that one. So that's why that's the only tree that's there. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm lying respectfully, but yeah, that tree got cut. That is a big tree. It's beautiful. It it's three hundred years old. It is a nice tree, and good. it was a protected tree as well. But everything comes to an end. <laughs> bro people and that's the end of that tree okay all right i'm moving on because this guy's just gonna laugh at the fact that the tree got cut down well she that's got not recharged. a massive deal i they bro, cut down trees they do that are probably older I feel than like, that all day long i feel like day. yeah they cut down trees a lot and when they want to build something yeah when it comes to trees like this that are protected they like but not this tree and i feel like that that can be a bit unfair yeah um, what else is up here, bro? Big Brother's comeback. Oh, yeah, you, you watched that, didn't you? I did. I I'm did. not, bro. I ain't got time for it, man. I did. I actually auditioned and got. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that was Wait. it. Okay. I want to. I time stamp this. I want to know. <laughs> so, I yeah. Let me I let me pretend like he didn't say what he said. Uh, I heard you auditioned for Big Brother. What happened there? I did. There? I got shortlisted. To be a contestant on Big How short are we talking a shortlist? They didn't tell me the actual number, but I did about three auditions to... I want... Talk right into the mic. I want every detail. Um, All honestly, I entered it as a... So I told you I I entered The Apprentice, right? I entered The Apprentice twice. But that that was for actual business idea as well. Yeah, I had a business idea. And as again, when everyone always watches The Apprentice, I love The Apprentice, I was watching that. And anytime someone watches it, you sit there and think, I could do better, I could do better. That guy's an idiot, that guy's an idiot. And it was my missus at the time. She was like, well, if you think you could do better, you enter it. Mm. And that night I had a couple of brandies in me. I was quite brave. And I just went on Google straight away, found an application and thought I entered it. Okay. And the first time I entered The Apprentice... Um, again, I ended it with the intentions of, I don't really care, but the further you get, you start caring a little bit more. Yeah. And I got to the last 30 of the 18 that get chosen. So I've, I got to the last audition. That's dope. Yeah. And I thought, fuck, I'm going to make it here. Didn't get through. Then I thought about audition for the second time, but I got a phone call from them to say, you auditioned, you got quite far. Can you audition again? Yeah. So for them to give me the call, I was like, fuck, I'm like, I'm going to go through. And I've, the same process went all the way through, but I was like kind of sped through all the rounds instead mm. of being in the room for a long amount of time. They're like, we remember you from last year. Yeah, you're through. At that point there, I actually thought, I'm going to be on The Apprentice. I'm actually, okay. You've invited me. I'm back here again. Got in the last 30 again. Mm. And then they're getting the call back. So then I just thought, I don't know. I had this little thing in me of, of uh, maybe I want to be on TV. I'm getting this close. And then I heard Big Brother was coming back. And I thought, I'm going to fucking audition for this. And again, I know it's, it's. I'm not, I was never a massive fan of Big Brother. Yeah. But I feel like with The Apprentice business I did, it's great because what I do and what I am. But I feel like a lot of people don't see a personality to me as being behind the chair, being behind from work. I feel like, Going on there, 
I mean, everyone likes to do things for money, and it is. Yeah. You feel, that's the real reason as well. You feel, what if I go on Big Brother? That could make me bigger. That could make more money. I could get more clients. My barbershop would blow. So that was one of the reasons. So anyway, I auditioned. This is the funny thing as well. I did not tell anyone when I first auditioned because, okay. again, I didn't want to be cringed out. I was like, oh, you're blowing for Big Brother. What are you going to do on Big Brother? So I didn't tell anyone. Didn't tell my missus. And I got a call back when I was on holiday with my missus. I took her to Grand Canaria and I had a birthday meal just sitting and my phone kept buzzing and buzzing and buzzing. And I'm thinking, what the fuck is this? And then she was like, oh, just answer it quickly. Now I didn't like answering my phone when I'm away from work. So I yeah. quickly answered it and they're like, um, hello, it's, I can't remember his name, something from Big Brother, you auditioned, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hold on. So I went, went outside and they said, look, we love your audition. And uh, yeah, we want to invite you to- what, what's, what does your audition look like? A tape and- It was a self tape. Yes, it was just okay. a self tape, me at home. And I just pretty much said, I don't know, Big Brother's, um, my my, way or how I presented it was one I'm a barber I can cut people's hair they're going to be in there for what 15 weeks 16 weeks I'm like, I don't even know yeah. but I said you're going to need a barber in, the, in there anyway that's one that's a good pitch actually yeah so, so said, that's a dope pitch one you're going to need people to look good on TV and, mm. you know, and you can't have people coming in and out so that's one you need a barber in there and who better than the free time when I'll barber the year hall of fame myself but not only that <laughs> not only that I, I said when you watch in the show I always go in my mind that would be funny if you did that or that and I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit of a wind up merchant and I like pulling pranks so I was giving examples of pranks that I do I'll be like stealing the food putting someone else's bag mm. like John's and I'm telling the other house I think John's stealing food and make this this whole thing like be a massive argument but I would always try and talk to the diary room or talk to the cameras and say look this is what I'm about to do or go in the diary room for no reason talk to them come back out and say can I have everyone's attention we've got a challenge to do and make them do some stupid shit or just I came across like that they got a hold of my audition they said look we love your audition so we everything you're saying is what we're looking for. Nice. And then they said, we're also looking for the non-social media influencers, not people that want to get fame out of it, actual normal people with like- Oh, no, small they're not, followers. <laughs> Big brother. Yeah, so- uh, I was on holiday at the time. Like, non-social people. <laughs> like, that's all they care about. But yeah, God, sorry. So that was shortly at the time. Uh, so they said, oh, look, when you come back from holiday, we'll, because um, there wasn't a meeting process until the final, final round. Yeah. Uh, and they- I had two Zoom meetings, one with a director and one of a casting, no, one of the casting director, then the director. And again, they asked random questions, random questions. And um, yeah, I got good feedback. After the Zoom call, they sent me an email and they said, congratulations, you've got what we're looking for. And um, we, you're going to be a shortlisted to be a contestant. And this was like back in April, May, June. So they said, you'll hear back from us in July. Mm-hmm. And um, they said, don't worry, you will hear back. Um, July came, I didn't hear nothing back. So I emailed them just to recap what was going on. And um, one of the direct casting directors said, yeah, you'll definitely be hearing back. Just hold tight. And that was it. Didn't hear nothing back. So still to this day, I was shortlisted. Don't know how many people were on the shortlist. Okay. But I went through four rounds to get on Big Brother. So who knows? Like, I don't know. And it got to the point where I'd rather be told no straight away. Yeah. You know, when you start, again, it wasn't like my dream to be in the house. It was just like, I'm going to go for it. I got far. And I thought, well, hang on a minute. This could actually happen. Mm. And I did question myself. Even when, uh, uh, by the way, when I got off the phone to Big Brother when I was with my missus, I then had to explain to her, I just auditioned for Big Brother and I might be potentially shortlisted. And she was like, why the fuck are you entering Big Brother? <laughs> You've got kids in a house. What are you doing? I go, it's yeah. not Love Island. But so yeah, she was a bit weary at first, but then of course. I got around to it. At what point of the audition process did you like look at your dignity and go, where have you gone? <laughs> I questioned it a lot. I'll be honest. Like, I, I did question it. Because you know, the, trans, you have to throw it out the window to, like, with did, respect, me. No, I, I totally get that. And I did question myself at that point. But I've come to a point in like in my career is I'm always trying to find the next goal, the next movement. Yeah. I can't stay complacent at all. 
And I do find that in my career now. But you're so good at what you do, brother. I think you're bigger than big brother. I think think with my barbering career, I peaked very early. Okay. So all the goals that I've achieved in barbers, I wanted to win the the competitions, one of the biggest ones. Uh, Travel the world. I've traveled the world cutting hair, worked with some celebrities. I've got my own shop. I've all the stuff in bar, like ticking off my list on barbering. Because I do have a goal list and things I want to achieve. I pretty much ticked it all. And I was thinking, where else can I take my barbering career? So then when, that's when I started looking, because I, you know, I do like presenting and go on stage. For like and and so stuff, I, yeah, yeah, so this is when I started looking to acting. I was like, if I do acting lessons, I could be a better presenter when I come into presenting being barbers. Yeah. And then as it all adapted, and again, I got signed up to an acting agency, did some, some theatre work, some extra work. And then I started getting a little taste of maybe TV work. Maybe TV work, maybe something like that. And again, I did. This is what I didn't tell anyone because I thought people would laugh. Anyone anyway, Brothers is the most cringiest show. But <laughs> it kind of is. I kind of weirdly like it. Yeah. I do because you don't know what's going to happen next. It's not like I can't stand programs like Love Island and stuff like that. But I kind of like a bunch of people all being in a house, all with different opinions. Mm. And I love that like everyone's just not arguing, but everyone likes to have a different opinion. No one's pulling their weight around it. I think it's a great show. And I See, do feel if I was on it, it could have been the biggest mistake of my life. Or it could have been a good thing. But yeah, I got shortlisted for it. I think, um, oh, fun fact as well, with all the acting stuff, he is in this. Oh, serious? I was in that, but I got um, sacked on my third day. Oh, sorry, oh. my bad. Bad oh. memories, my apologies. Oh, sorry. Do you know why? Can I, I'll tell you why as well, because they filmed this at the Carnington Hangers. Yeah. I was only an extra in it, um, but I've been a featured extra in Black Widow, which you do see me in there. Yes. Uh, but in Batman, it was in the Carnington Hangers, Bedford, my hometown. I thought, great. Um, and I did three days working on that. And on the fourth day, you have to start these sets, as you know, like three or four in the morning. Right? Yeah. So it's like 10 minutes from my house to get there. So you, I'm leaving enough time, but I'm also leaving. It's four in the morning. Who's going to be on the road? There was a, a lorry that turned over on the dual carriageway that they just stopped the road. And I was thinking, this doesn't happen at 4 a.m. Fuck. So I rang the production. I said, I might be late. I'm just letting you know what's happened. Obviously, I'm 10 minutes away. And then they they pretty much said, well, because of continuity, we need to know if you're coming in or not because you're being, you've been filmed in a couple of scenes. If you can't come today, we might have to. And I was like, all right, cool. Look, look I'll, I'll keep. I'll make sure I'll be there. Anyway, I got there just on time for like costume fitting. And as soon as I pulled up, they rang me and said, yeah, the director doesn't want you in today because of continuity and you're going to have to let you go from the office. I was like, but I'm here. They're like, yeah. And I go, I would walk, I'm on the phone to you. I'll be walking in right now. I'm like, yeah, I know, but we made our decision. I kind of felt gutted, but then I thought, I should have just never even told them I was running late. Just turn up. I could have just turned up. I don't yeah. think they would have known I ran late or anything, but Wait yeah. for them to call you. But low That's- key, I was kind of a little bit glad because it was fucking ice cold in them hangers. It was the middle of winter. I was freezing. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I've been in that Aquaman 2 that's coming out. You'll see me in that. I'm a fish hey. in that. Okay. My missus won't be so happy about that because my arms are around another girl. <laughs> oh, it's acting. It's acting. It's acting. So what if your tongue's in her, yeah. in her booty hole so, and all that? Yeah, man. Just, but, so what if you're trying to do the Kanye with her? Right? <laughs> <laughs> just tell, just tell, just do, babe. He's acting, all right? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want her to slap me when I see her next. Let me not say nothing. But yeah, all right. So let's, what's going on with Big Brother in here? It's the whole diversity um, reach that people... Bro, in this day and age, I spoke about this as well with my therapist recently. Um, there is a line that people cross when it comes to, like, natural diversity and forced diversity that I think... Um, a lot of these programs and a lot of like media don't know how to walk properly. When it comes to talent, Big Brother's not, you're not looking for talent in Big Brother. You're looking for 
a mix of people that you can get on a platform and go, now show us how you all merge, right? That's where the fun comes in. But when it comes to like different shows and like entertainment and so on, there is a major issue with diversity where people are being forcibly diverse to catch up for their lack of diversity before. And everyone recognizes this. I like, I'm a comedian. I like, as a comedian, my first job is to be funny. But if you're going, all right, you're a comedian, you're black, can you come and do this show for me, please? I get the need for wanting diversity, but when my quota tick comes before, but are you funny? I feel you're doing an injustice. Like I would like for more of my people to get opportunities, not just because, oh, we need more black people or not just because, oh, we need more women on a comedy lineup or we need more Asian or we need more people from the LGBTQ plus community. It should be first and foremost, we, are you funny? Then afterwards, it, it should be, you're, oh, you're great. I want you on a show. People from all different backgrounds have been funny for a long, long time. The problem that has happened over the past maybe 20, 30 years in entertainment is that the door was always closed for everybody. So the only thing that people saw for funny were middle-class white males at the time. Mm. But there should have been at that point, people just looking and going, it doesn't matter where you're from. Are you funny? Yes. You're funny and you're black. Come through. Are you funny? Yeah. You're funny. Oh, you're trans. Come through. It should just be everybody be welcome because they're funny. Now media has been scrutinized for so long of not being diverse. There's that super fast push now for we need to show that we're being diverse. They're making it a diverse problem. And then then what happens is, is the one of each, like the one of each factor where now what they're doing to overcompensate for their short sightedness before they're now going the total other end of the spectrum where now it doesn't even feel that you're looking for people who are talented in a particular field. It looks like you're trying to tick the boxes. And then for anyone who says like, I'm a comedian, but I'm from this community. And then they go, Oh, we need that community more than we need the comedy. And I think it's great. Everyone's getting these opportunities, but at the sacrifice of, what their ability is first. And I think that's what the public are now becoming privy to. So in my audition, they yeah. next round would have been to talk about diversity and you had to go through a training camp before yeah. you get on the show to how to treat people, how to pronounce their pronouns. And you had to do a whole thing. So that to me, you're taking, that's it's fake because you're kind of training people to act a certain way for a show that should be, Realism and show okay. their own opinions and how they should act and how they speak. And if they offend people, that's all right. So I, I'm I'm on both. I'm on the fence with that. I do believe that there should be the conversation for people going into the environment um, where where it's going to be really widely diverse, like Big Brother, to teach them. Like there are ignorant people that still haven't adopted the idea that other people identify with different pronouns or other people maybe from different communities or what the right word to describe a person who is of a mixed ethnicity is or because there are people still that will call me colored. Yeah. Right. There should be a training course to let you know that these are the terminologies that might be deemed as offensive to people. Yeah. Right. There should be that. But then when you go in that room and environment, if people get it wrong, 
there should be the open conversation between those from different backgrounds, different um, communities, different genders, different races that should be able to have the conversation in that environment. And that's where the realism comes in. I do believe that there should be the teaching at the beginning to, so everyone is going to, is up to date with who they may meet up with in the, in the environment. Yeah. Cause there are people from communities, villages, towns in middle England that have never met um, people outside of their own community because they stay in that village. They only go to the local pub. They go work in a little cost cutter at the end of the road. And that's where they stay. Have those com- conversations with people so they can at least be privy to what they may encounter. However, I'm on the side of you where go into these environments and have the open dialogue where conflict might come up, but conflict resolution is where you then develop and learn about different communities, about different backgrounds. So I see that side as well. I think trying to, I've got to be very careful with with this because so many people are so quick on the topic of trying to be offended where you're actually agreeing with them, but because you don't say what they might want to hear, they go, you're not saying this. Well, actually I am. But if you hear me, I can explain where it's coming from. I think when you jump on the wave of what this is going on here, you are going to have some people that go, this is great because there are many people that have now been seen like different communities that haven't had the chance to be seen. And this is the only opportunity that they can say that they are represented because there's never a chance for them to be represented. But it's almost like any representation for me is what I need. Like if if I get one chance for someone who looks like me to be on screen, I'll take it. But you have to then question what is the what is the intent of the people trying to do that? Is it because you genuinely want to put people from all different backgrounds on this platform or are you only playing catch up because you failed back in the day of trying to be diverse and you were pulled up for it. So now you want to be performative and only show people we're diverse because we're scared of you reminding us that we were not diverse and we were felt, we felt before. Yeah, I feel that's what, I think that's the case in this. I feel like Definitely. I see we've looked at it and think we've got to make sure we take, and they do. You can go every single lot. You're disabled, white, black, trans, gay. You've got the whole diversity. It's a whole spectrum of diversity. And if it's genuine, I think people would go, oh, we get it. It's like, you. we don't force the diversity in your face so you can go, hey, we're doing what we can to let you know that we are definitely diverse. Yeah. That's where, where people go, yo, calm down. We're good with that. We're all right. If it felt genuine, you wouldn't have to be performative. It's it's the same thing as when you like when 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 someone says they got a lot of money, like, yeah, I'm rich, I got all the money. What are you saying? You think they're broke. Yeah. Because you're throwing it in my face too much. We don't believe you because if you had a lot of money and it was normal to you, you wouldn't be saying anything. You wouldn't be saying anything. It would just be something that we know about you by the way that you live and conduct yourself. And I think that's what a lot of people have got pushed back on when it comes to Big Brother. They are more concerned about it feeling like you're throwing this in our face and causing us to have to accept it because you're then letting us know, look what we've done. We've ticked these boxes. We are forward thinking, but are you forward thinking because only five, 10 years ago, you were behind the curve and are now trying to play catch up. And that's why I feel like there's a lot of pushback with forced diversity in media. What's big, uh, zoom out a little bit. Just, I want to see um, what the, what it was about big brother here. Can I just say, you've been, hey, it's been good to have you on here, you know? Brother, it's Thank it. you. 
I can't lie. This is why barbershop conversations ain't too bad when you got the right barber. But I'll be honest, bruv. Shout out to my guy Shane. You get Shane in here, it's a different conversation. <laughs> hey, Shane. SB is a barber, bruv. SB, Shane is a barber who works with Mick. We were talking about earlier on. SB is a barber. You, brother, in here would be on some different things, blood. Yeah. <laughs> topics, probably. I, I've never seen somebody from a, from a community where you would think because of how tre badly treated he may have been, be so offensive to his own community, bro. He's so disrespectful at times. Um, so we got all the contestants on here. Olivia, I'm not going to spend too much on it, but Olivia, Dylan. Um, so you didn't watch it yesterday. You don't know who's who. Bro, I don't watch Big Brother. I can't get, I don't get stuck into programs like this because I don't. once you get, like so, watch one episode, you're hooked. Cause I, cause I auditioned. I was like, I need to- You want to see who beat wanted, you out in I this. I wanted to see who got in, yeah. Good. That's how you're supposed to look and, look and see why you failed. <laughs> you should have told- not one person that resembles me or looks like me. No, there was, there was, um, hold on, scroll up. Oh no, no, wow. Good. Good. We're sick and tired of seeing your face on it's television, mate. It's good to. It's good you to and you and Trudge are everywhere, bro. I'm sick and tired <laughs> of seeing. You're gonna, I'm gonna apply next year now. <laughs> but now I think I think it's good that Big Brother's come back because it did start to die out a little bit, brother. I I I'll be honest with you. I'm not. I'm not completely hopeful for this one doing amazing. Like it died out because it became. You felt like they were forcing... Do you remember the first Big Brother? It felt like they were, like, natural. And then you just saw... We were watching people uh, through first, cameras. Yeah, because it was so new as well. So new. Nasty Nick it and was, all of that. Yeah, that was addictive to watch. Yeah. But now, like, when you got to, like, season, like, 10, 11, 12, it felt like you were forcing us to watch people in these forced scenarios that doesn't feel natural. And we're just thinking this is fake yeah, and it's forced. just wanted to be on TV for the sake yeah, of Yeah. And that's fake stuff. That's it. Not, none of us, let's be honest. None of us like to be force fed things. We don't want to be force fed. We want to see that if we're watching something, we're enjoying it for what it is. We were force fed all of this back in the last few seasons. And I think the reason that a lot of people are going to have a pushback on this in terms of the diversity quota being ticked off in here is it can feel like it's force fed. Watch a program where everyone is just who they are and they happen to be from different backgrounds without it feeling like you're forcing it at us. We'll accept it as a people. Yeah. But no one, whether it be diversity, whether it be humor, whether it be um, stories of struggles or stories of success, no one likes to be force fed these things. We want to hear it and go, that sounds natural. And that's why I want to yeah. take it in and digest it. And I think that's what the pushback on this is always going to be is this. So, ah, well, you're going to watch it, Trudge. Nah, I used to, it was my very first TV job. So I don't, I don't, um, I'm not responsible for casting, by the way. I was oh, very yeah, much like... Was your <laughs> yeah. You decided not to put me on that show. No, man. <laughs> I, was the, um, I was the guy making all the teas and that. So basically, um, that gave me my uh, introduction into the, the world of TV. What was it like? like it? I did, yeah, it was all right. It's, it's probably, it was really fun. You know the episode... I don't know. Well, I don't yeah, he made guys. it. He's in TV. He's there. Yeah, I've, I've been around. Like, yeah. There was an episode where they thought um, Dave... This guy... Oh, what was it? David Guess was dead. I don't know if you oh, remember that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my God. That yeah. 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 Scene, With his, his, was it his ex-wife? David Bowie yes. that died. It was David Bowie that died. Yeah. That was one I worked on. I thought, was wow, it right, amazing. This, is, this is a great one to work on then. Was it David Guest's ex-wife or David Bowie's ex-wife? No, David Bowie's ex-wife. 
David Bowie's ex-wife was on the show. David Bowie died. At the time in she, real life. And they she, had to tell her. Yeah, so she uh, comes out saying David's dead. And, and they thought it was David Guest who was on the show at yes. the time. And who yeah. was ill in bed in the next room. <laughs> yeah. So he just blew out a hand. It was the most funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen on TV. It's sad and funny at the same time because yeah. that miscommunication almost gets... Yeah, that's like scripted in like Friends or yeah. something. It's that yeah. level of of kind of punchline humour. But yeah, it was, it was David Bowie, innit? And his ex-wife was in... And they were still very good friends, I believe. Yeah. That was wow. funny. That was comical. All right. Talk to me. What's next, Trudge? What's next? What we got? Uh, what we got next? I'll be on my topics. Let me see. Um, oh, London's Vagina Museum is reopening. Wait, stop. <laughs> There's a thing. Aye, aye. It's been reopening. Reopening. Which is a very funny thing to say about a vagina. Anyway, listen. Why did it close? Because <laughs> she's celibate. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. Wait. It's a thing. Yo, next for next podcast, can we please put all the funny stuff at the top of the episode? <laughs> London. Ladies and gentlemen. To reopen offices Lon- addressing fundraising goals. Um, let me do this. <laughs> let me do this. Mick, I've got to do it as like a, because this is going to get clipped up. Let me read this. <laughs> London's Vagina Museum to reopen after surpassing fundraising goals. How did they raise the funds for the Vagina Museum? Do we have any guesses? Please spitball it in any disrespectful way you'd like. Mick? How did they raise the funds? Mm-hmm. Well, pervy men, I guess. That's one. Trudge? Yeah, like, you've got the type of people willing to kidnap someone. You've got people type of willing to flip and donate to a Vagina Museum, I guess. I don't know. Like, okay. But they're the exact sort of people, though. Like, What type of things are in that museum? I'm very intrigued to... Like, there's a big, <laughs> massive tampon there that I can. That is, that's, heart, I'm guessing. Oh, and those are um, moon cups to the left. Do you know what a moon cup is? No, it looks like I need to go there and learn it, though, <laughs> bro. Uh, do you know what a moon cup is, Trudge? No. <laughs> All right. So, this is this is the uh, beauty of being an enlightened man. A moon cup is a recyclable use. Uh, it's a device, kind of. It's like a. It's like the shape of a bowl that they. Ladies insert inside themselves. So it's like a female condom. Kind of, but it's not that same kind of material. That female condom is flappy and whatever. Moon cup is more solid, right? And um, it's recyclable. So the, Have you ever seen one? Uh, only in shops. Oh. I've never seen one filled, no. And I don't no want one, to. No one's ever like... No one's shown me their Hold moon on, cup. Hold on, let me put my moon cup in. <laughs> no, no one's ever done that before. So... <laughs> Hold on. Let's kill the vibe and put my moon cup in. No, that's not what we're... Hold on. I'm going to find something for you, which is hilarious. Picture of it. I want to know what it looks like. A moon cup. Do you want to show him while I look for this? Yeah, yeah. Men on, on a podcast looking for what a moon cup looks like. That's crazy. There. It looks like... Oh, look, no, it's an Amazon now. <laughs> what the fuck? It looks like one of them toys you used to push in and remember and you used to spring back up. No, I don't. No, no. You know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. It doesn't look like Rub that. A little thing. Can we please be respectful? A moon cup is is for. I, do you know? How I respect it. Uh, somebody, I'm I'm somebody who likes to be as green as possible. You reuse it, so you wash it huh? out. <laughs> a reusable female condom. It's not a condom. What is it? It's used to catch menstrual cycle. Semen. No. Oh. <laughs> When's the last time you did biology? <laughs> What's, what's this for? A moon cup is used when a woman is on her period to catch the blood from her period. What happens to tampons? <laughs> tampons are one use. They're really bad for the environment. 
So a moon cup so is this something- plastic moon cup is not bad for the environment. It's, you, you wash it and reuse it. It's all made out of plastic. <laughs> yeah, but you wash it and, and reuse many, it. And how many do they make? How many what? How many do they make? What do you mean how many do they make? So it's better for the environment, but they must make thousands of these things. Yes, but they're reusable, but they make thousands of tampons, which you don't reuse. You use one. Uh, do you know how periods work? Yeah. You don't have a clue, do you? I mean, yeah. We're, we're men on a podcast talking about, and I'm having to explain as a man to another man about periods, and I'm not a woman. And you're the one in the relationship. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I try and, I get an understanding of it, but I try and, all that blood and stuff just creeps me out. I'm going to, I don't know, there's a clip I'm going to say. I respect women that go through it. I think men can never go through what women do. Definitely not. I'm going to, hold on, I'm going to send you a clip uh, to put up, right? This is of uh, one of my friends in comedy. She is phenomenal. I love her to bits. She's such a great comic. But there's a clip she done where when she did it, mate, I was totally upside down. I knew it was coming, right? I'm going to send it to you. Uh, Actually, I'm going to send the clip to, hold on, share to airdrop. It should come up on the computer. Play it, so so it's of Sarah Keyworth, and she talks about a moon cup and what they are. Uh, it is a hilarious comedy clip. Did it come up? All right, yeah, play that. To be recently, it was my Tell girlfriend. She bought me some, a new bit of technology called a moon cup, right? Just make some noise if you don't know what a moon cup is. Yeah, don't worry, I'll explain. Uh, basically, it's an alternative to a tampon, right? It's a little silicon cup, but instead of soaking up, what it does is it fills up... <laughs> So it's good for the environment. So it makes me feel quite fancy because that's quite posh, isn't it? Yeah, but the problem is every time I use it, what I do is I take it out and it's there and it's full. And every time I just get this little voice in the back of my head that's like, shot it. (laughs) 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 That's disgusting. (laughs) Shouts to Sarah Keyworth, man. You can see my comment on there as well, actually. Posh person would sip it, wouldn't they? I've learned something today. I never knew about moon cups. Oh my gosh. But yeah, that's why you need to go to the National Vagina Museum and see all the moon cups. Yeah, not just moon cups. Let's plan a trip. Let's go. I'm not going with you. Is, is if there's it, one person I'm not going to the National Vagina Museum. Imagine two blokes let's going to the... pictures of this National Vagina, Mu- Vagina Museum. I want to see more pictures. What's it? What's the purpose of it, though? Like, is it educational purposes or...? Yeah, I would think so. It's a museum and also of different types. Of, it's, I think it's normalising vaginas and different shapes, sizes. Is there a sizes. penis museum? Oh, no. Why? <laughs> I don't Why don't us men have a penis museum? A penis museum. I mean, if you think about it, the National History Museum is an, a museum full of what men stretching and expressing them, their penis was doing when it comes to, oh, look at us, we're hard as nails, we stole things from all other countries. I think that's the closest thing you can get well, to. Well, I find this offensive. <laughs> You're an idiot. A whole va- museum about vaginas, but not one mention about a penis museum. I have a question, Mick. And vaginas wouldn't work without a penis. Mick, if there was a... If there was a penis museum, Shane would be the first one to go. I would. No, I was going to ask if you would. Um, I mean, um, exactly. So you can like men are never happy, are we? 
<laughs> we always say that women are never happy. That's not true. This man has a museum that he can go and visit with, with vaginas everywhere, right? And he likes vaginas, but he's complaining that he cannot go to a museum with loads of penises there because he wants men to be represented, but he wouldn't even want to go sure to the museum. I'm sure there was loads of penises museum. A lot of women will say, why isn't there a vagina museum? Yeah. So my question is, why isn't, I mean, there probably is, but why isn't. Uh, there probably isn't, but not in England. It'd be like in Europe somewhere. Like probably shown on Euro trash or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's probably just pictures. I mean, taking the jokes out of this now, it's probably just a whole load of pictures and, um, and like just contents of like when the first moon cup was made, tampons were made. Um, also, Normalizing vaginas and probably on a more serious like note, there are like there are people around the world that when it comes to like genitalia, um, mutilation and stuff, they call it, don't they? Um, that awareness needs to be risen for that because of just how horrid that is when it comes to what happens to young women around the world when it just like, yeah. I, I don't know. I've never been to an, an, a vagina museum. We could go. I'm <laughs> Let's go. Hold on. Let me read it. Last year, when it moved to Bethnal Green, it hosted the exhibition's periods, a brief history from A to V. I like that A to V, which looked at gynecology, anatomy, and activism. Yeah, so it's going to have a lot of things, which is what? The exhibition Muffbusters. Wait, what? Don't tell me that says it on there. Where is it? Muffbusters. Wait, where does it say that? No, go down look. there. The exhibition Muffbusters. <laughs> <laughs> like we would be, I'm using that word from now on. We were on, being though. serious earlier on. We were being serious earlier on about what the museum is doing, but you can't put an article with muffbusters in there. That is my new favorite word. I'm and not make, make me giggle I, a little bit. Term to a vagina. I would go now to it. I'd have no problem with going to it. I'll be honest with you. But for the reason you want to go, no, I'd actually be interested to see what, like, what the curators of this museum have put together in terms of. What they I'm felt. curious, a whole museum about vaginas. Yeah. It's a great thing, really. Yeah, well, it sounds perverse when you talk about that, when, the way you say it. <laughs> For me, what? I'm genuinely interested. <laughs> Wait, what's... Genuinely interested in vaginas without being perverse. Yeah, if they put it in a museum. Yeah. You would generally like to know more about vaginas without it to be in anything to do. I think for me to understand what women in my life go through, yeah, I wouldn't mind. It is a lot what women go through, though. I really, I do respect, especially when women have babies as well. My partner having two children, women go through a lot of shit. See, you've seen that happen, and it, yeah, my respect twice. For women, but it just goes up even more when I see that. That was yeah, we, we couldn't go through that. Muffbusters, though, that is that's <laughs> killing me. That's killing me. All right, it's, it's great. Let's go. What else? What else is going on? I'm out of topics. No worries. That's fine. I got one before we wrap up, actually. Right? And I was typing it. And I've, I've had this before. And this is this is uh, a difficult one. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it right here. And I've got one more that i got to put in. It's a one got to go. You know when, like, one, one's got to go and everything they've ever been in or done. Right. Right? All right. <laughs> Are you ready for this? It's an acting one. Okay. One's got to go. Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Leo DiCaprio, Tom Hanks. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Mm. Are you for real? It's going to be between him and Ben Affleck, I think. I mean, no. I like Ben Affleck. I mean, he's... <sighs> Matt Damon's done better films. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. 
have arguably got probably the best rise in creating movies ever because of their initial one with Goodwill Hunting. Compared to Tom Hanks and Leo, they're a different level though. Leo and Tom Hanks, yeah, different level. So you can't, them two are out of the question. I don't know about that. Between Ben Affleck. Hold on. So all the Bourne films. I haven't seen many. I haven't seen them. All right. Let me, all right. I'm going <laughs> to get a list. Because you're quick to say Matt Damon, right? But he was in the um, Shawshank Redemption, wasn't he? No. Who was that in that? No. That was Matt Who Damon. Who are you thinking? Matt Damon was not in Shawshank Redemption. None of the four that I mentioned are in Shawshank Redemption. Who's the guy in Shawshank Redemption? Morgan Freeman. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't look like Matt Damon. <laughs> the, other, the other guy with him. Who's, no. Oh, that's, what's his name? Yeah, I'm thinking. No, that's, um, he's much that's older. Yeah, I can't remember his name again. What um, am I thinking of then? He does a film with Robin, Robbie Williams. What's that film? There it is, Tim Robbins. Um, Robbie Williams. Yeah, Good Will Hunting. Good, that's the film I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Do you want to say Matt Damon? That's The Martian. All the Bourne films. I liked Air, but that's new, so I could get rid of that. Um, that's no Interstellar. Oh. No Oppenheimer. Has to go. He was good in Team America as well, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I just said Interstellar and Oppenheimer, and he went, yeah, Team America. Bro, that's no... the puppet version of him, and he was hilarious. <laughs> I was going to say that's no Departed, but that reason, DiCaprio can get put I'm going to get rid of Ben Affleck. Hold on. Oceans as well. All the Oceans films. For Matt nah, Damon. Let's... let's Let's run off Ben Affleck. Saving Private Ryan. But then Hanks is in that too. So if you, you, you couldn't. Hanks is a G. I like Hanks. Bro, Stillwater. Leo is my favorite actor. Elysium. All right. Let me, if I say Ben Affleck. It's got to be Ben Affleck. No, but watch this. If Ben Affleck isn't about, I mean, there's a lot of films that you're going to sit here going, mm. all right, ready? Because people forget. All right. No Gone Girl, no Goodwill Hunting. Air's also gone too. Um, you're not going to care about Batman versus Superman, are you? No, that was terrible. I loved Injustice League though, but the the one that was the Snyder Cut. Uh, the Accountant, Town, Aquaman. Affleck's in the new Aquaman. So no, you can't be in a the film then. I'm getting rid of Ben Affleck. <laughs> Armageddon. Ooh. There we go. <laughs> a life without Armageddon. Armageddon. That was a great movie. Some of all fears. I like that. Uh, Giggly. Uh, who else? What else? He did a good Christmas film. I like that. Bro, when I look at Ben Affleck's like films, there was a big time where he wasn't really doing that well. Should we get rid of him then? It might have who to be Ben. <sighs> oh, yeah, you know, I'm might sound controversial. I'm actually tempted. If you say, to say Tom Hanks, no, I'm tempted to say Leo. You know what? No, no, no. Hold, hear me out. Hear me Trudge, out. Leo. No, 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 no. Let me get these films up. <laughs> nah. Let me get these. No, films no. Up. Go on. Let's hear it. But he ain't been. Nah, in you're a lot podding, of stuff. bro. You're podding. You must be. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Go on. Because he ain't been in a lot of stuff. Everything he's been in, all the ones I like anyway, like biopics, like Titanic, like that's a, an event. Someone else could have done. Kind of a biopic. Yeah, I get you. Wolf, Wall Street. That's a biopic. Like someone could have done that as well, but bro. Uh, no, nah, someone could have done it. Not like him. Maybe someone could have. It could because he was mad erratic in that. It was in a dream, in a dream. Inception. Oh, oh no, that, I forgot about that. that oh no, that's what I'm saying. Inception. Oh, catch me Shutter Island. Catch me if you can, bro. Oh, nah, bro, nah, the nah. Great Gatsby. Django. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I feel like I'm gonna be Django. Maybe I was podding there. That's uh... you're podding, bro. <laughs> you're making this up. You're just in it for the bands. Gangs of New York. Blood Diamonds. Blood Diamond. I didn't read that Blood Diamonds much, oh, but it was a Shutter good film. Island. Oh. Shutter Island. Uh, Jay Edgar was dead. Love, wait, he wasn't in love actually. 
What was that first film when he played a disabled kid? Um, and and uh, oh, was it, was um, Johnny Depp was in it as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was called um, no, Marvin. It's not Marvin's room. It's older than that. Where is it? Something grape. This boy's life. No. I'll find oh, it. Oh, what's eating Gilbert Grape? That's yeah, it. What's yeah, eating Gilbert Grape? He's acting and that was phenomenal. Yeah. You actually thought he was just like... You thought he was a, dis- a young disabled child. Yeah, he was really, the really beach. good. The beach? What? Nah, you can't get rid of Leo. Oh. Johnny Depp was in that. Darlene Kate, Juliette Lewis, yeah. Ben Affleck, let's get rid of that way. <laughs> it's got to be Ben. It's got to be Ben. Ben's I'm sorry, gone. Ben. And I love Justice League, Snyder Cut, but... He doesn't make the cut. Yeah. What about, what about female actresses? I'll do that for next week. I don't want to do like, I don't want to do one on here. Hold on, like like two in a row. Yeah, it's got. Be but fun. I remember doing one, and there was a hard. I remember put. I'll, I'll do it next week. But I like put. I put like, um, Angela Bassett, Viola Davis, Mel Streep, and there was one more. I can't remember who it was, and I couldn't pick. In fact, I almost picked Mel Streep. Mm. Couldn't get rid of Viola. She's been in some films that have brought tears to my eyes. Um, like The Help. Oh. And Angela Bassett, Waiting to Excel, and Black Panther. I couldn't get rid of her. It's another films as well, but yeah. But nah, nah, okay, that's that. I'm not going to do it. We'll do another one next week. Can, One's got can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. Last meal on earth from start main dessert, what would it be? Before or after I've been to the Vagina Museum. Because <laughs> that does melt. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, let's say after. You've done all your activities. The last thing you can no, do. No, no. Because I was going to say vagina. Is a three-course no. meal? Uh, no, all jokes aside. Um, start, start a... Start a main and dessert. Oh. <sighs> Planting has to be somewhere. So I'm going to put planting in the main with that. So uh, last meal, oh, I'm going, I'm going soul food, right? A cross between Jamaican food and soul food because I, I love both. And it has to be a food that I don't have to worry about how much I put on the next day because if it's my last meal on earth. It doesn't matter, <laughs> calories. Okay, cool. Starter. Um... Oh, sheesh. You threw that one on me. Starter, um, weird, prawn cocktail with, prawn cocktail with salad. Um, that is so dead. Hold on. Last meal on earth. Hold on, hold on. The starter, prawn cocktail with salad, or it's prawns, right? it's got to be prawns, or dynamite shrimp from um, P.F. Chang's. Dynamite shrimp from P.F. Chang's. It's a starter. The main rice and peas, yams. So sweet, sweet candied, candied yams, sweet potatoes, but they say yams and steaks. So yams, macaroni and cheese, broccoli's on that as well. Spinach is on that. You don't have to be healthy. I don't, don't care. To- I love broccoli and spinach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying next day. I know broccoli and spinach has to have to be on there. Um, I want to say. Chicken, roast chicken, one salmon fillet, big portion of plantain, macaroni and cheese. It's filling me up. And dessert. Apple crumble, 
with um, vanilla, Ooh. vanilla and liquor ice cream. That's me. That is. That sounds good. What about yours? Solid. Um, cheese. Have you ever been Cheesecake Factory? Yes. Unbelievable. Whoa! Uh, oh, I, I, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue this in a minute, but go on. Go. Go, please. All right, chicken sliders. That's a starter from there. The main... I would then leave the Cheesecake Factory and then, like, get myself some bolognese with garlic bread. Yeah. That's my main. And my dessert. Oh. <laughs> Wait, no, I can't say this. There's a dessert the Harvester used to do, yeah. It was unbelievable. Gone. It was um it was called the Rocky Horror. I don't know if they still do it. That. Unbelievable. Honestly, it was the best thing I ever ate. So that's mine. <laughs> okay. You've been you thought about that before. Yeah, man. What about yours? I bet something's gonna be Italian in there, it isn't is. it? I knew it. This mine's gonna be a lasagna, as my main. Yeah. Lasagna. Um either a cannoli or a tiramisu for dessert. Okay. Star, maybe wings. Wings. Okay. I am arguing with you at Cheesecake Factory. Not a fan. No, it's not that I'm not a fan. A lot of British people, and I learned this from spending so much time over there in America now, a lot of British people go, Cheesecake Factory is the one because it's like hearing Popeye's chicken is the chicken and chip shop to go to in America. Mm. Whereas when you go there, it's okay. It's not bad. It's basically our Sam's Chicken or or um, Morley's or Dixie's or whatever, right? Yeah. You go over there, it's so common. Cheesecake Factory is the same. There was a place I went to in uh, Brooklyn. I'm going to find the name of it right now. It's like, oh, it's not called Lloyd's, is it? What's it called? It was so dope. Um, I'm going to find the name of it right now. And I went there and the amount of, like I said, I said to, to Shy, yo, Cheesecake Factory, let's go there. She's like, you want cheesecake? So yeah, I said, I'm going to show you somewhere else. That when you go there, you'll understand it's so much better. Juniors. I'm going to show you a picture. Yeah, type it on there. Juniors Cheesecake. And uh, put Brooklyn. Go to images. All right. No, type, but type Cheesecake in the search as well. For those who are listening, I need you to wait for their reaction when they see the different types of cheesecake that's on here. All right, ready? Go. Keep going. Look at that one up there. Look at the selection. Where's this? This is in Brooklyn. So it's not a franchise, it's one shop. Uh, I think they got a couple of them, but it's New York based. And they're known for their cheesecake. Bro yes. Big time known. It's like a proper old school diner when you go in there, but the cheesecake, like imagine that you, whole wall. You wanted a Rocky Horror though. You didn't want a cheesecake <laughs> for cheesecake. You just wanted chicken. No, I know, but when people hear cheesecake from Cheesecake Factory, they're like top notch because it's the Cheesecake Factory. Look at all of that. Can you zoom into any of that? Let's have a look. Look at all the different ones that you got on there. That's not yeah, that's all the food that they do. But look at all the different ones they got. Delicious. Looks alright. No, bro, look at you carefully. Look at the swirly ones and stuff. <laughs> That's okay. Nah, come on, Sam. I mean, Trudge. Yeah, I'm a fan. It looks dope. I, yeah. But people here at Cheesecake Factory go, that's where we need to go. Like, I swear, like, have you not noticed? You go to, like, how many people go to, like, Italy and they learn about one thing in Italy, which is basic to you, or they hear something. How much, how much does it annoy you? Oh, man, I love Italian food. Do you know where I like to go? ZZ's. How much yeah, does that annoy you? Ask. <laughs> 
I had, a, I had this conversation with a customer the other day. He was saying there's not really good Italian restaurants. Yeah. I was trying to tell him, he's like, you're, like, you're thinking of Ask and ZZ's and shit like that. That's it? Nah. And you're there. an Italian, so you're like, not bro, me. it's not the case. I, when I went Tuscany in Italy, when I went on a cruise, me and Shai were out there and we what, we went to, uh, we, we got on a bike from Tuscany, from the port where the cruise was, and we went into this little villagey area where it had a big, big cathedral or church in there, but it was closed. And the whole village is shut down because it was middle of the day. So they they um were on like their that couple of hours where they don't open the shops. Yeah. Right? In um in Spain they call it a um siesta. Yeah. But they don't I don't know what they call it in Italy, right? Same thing. Same yeah. kind of thing though. But the village, it was so quiet in this village. But a couple of restaurants was open. We went to this one place where they made the tomato sauce from scratch, the Italian food in Italy, f- like fresh. Like that's the one thing you could taste, the have freshness. Have you ever been to Rome? No. So capital of Italy, I went to Rome for four nights and it's my first time visiting Rome and I was so excited to have food from the capital. I sat down and had my first meal. Shit. I've heard Rome is, is for tourists. And I thought, what the fuck? I couldn't, I couldn't figure out. My, and my missus, she's English. And she was like, no, this is really nice. And I'm like, I've had better Italian food in Bedford. Because because of Bedford is it is Italy. Yeah. So then the second night, same thing again. I sat down in a nice restaurant, I looked nice. Shit. And I thought, what the hell's going on? So I had yeah. to go back to my hotel and I asked the lady who lives there, the locals, where do you locals who live here in Italy, where do you go in? They leave Rome. And they <laughs> they said they she gave me a restaurant that was like 10 minutes taxi drive just outside the central of Rome. Yeah. And this place was like my nan's house. It was like a house. That was built into a restaurant, so authentic. Yeah. And you go, you walk in, not many tables. There's only a small restaurant. You go in there, and I knew I was in the right place because I saw mm. pictures of like Francesco Totti. Yeah. And people like that. You think, okay, you sit down, and it wasn't even that expensive compared to the commercialized restaurants. But it was beautiful. Exactly. Because again, it's commercialized, and these big restaurants, you haven't got authentic Italian people cooking the dinner. Mm. You have a lot of like Romanians, Russians, Albanians coming over to Rome yeah. and making. For the people, for the the tourists. And in Rome, it's for the tourists. Yeah, and it just wasn't, I I can taste how authentic it was in the the last restaurant I went to. And I was, yeah, I was well disappointed in Rome. I'm I'm trying to find this place that we went to. And it had big crosses outside of the actual church in the middle of like the square in Tuscany. It was 10 miles away from the port, but we got electric bikes and we rode all the way down there. And it was Beautiful. Actually, I took pictures, so I geotagged the pictures. It was beautiful. The food, delicious. It was fresh. Authentic Italian food. And the one thing they said to me is, when you go to there, do not go to Rome if you're going to be in Tuscany. Like, stay um, in Tuscany. Where was it? It was Petra. Hold on, hold on. This area is called uh, Pietrasanta, I think it was called. Something like that. Let me show you the food, right? Where we went to, it was so buff. Ain't oh, no feeling hungry right now. I am starving. <laughs> hey, look. So that was, that was that one. Yeah, banging. It was so nice. So dope. This place, it was just hot outside and we just ate there. The restaurant, oh, I love it. I can zoom in. The restaurant was called, um, I moved it. I can't even see the pictures. But it was in Pietrasanta, it was called, the area. It was just... So much more genuine and authentic, but that's the same with Cheesecake Factory. I find that when you hear Cheesecake Factory, that's what they say. You go there and it's banging, but it's only banging because you're not from America. So for us, we're like, it's great. The same way that people come here and goes, I want to go Nando's. They, what? 
love it here. Americans come in and they're like, we want to see what Nando's is saying. They go Nando's they're like, banging. I'm like, it's Nando's. <laughs> it's, it's Nando's. But yeah. All right, we got to wrap this up. You got home to go to, I could tell. I'm hungry. Now it's made me hungry all of that food yeah, talk. Yeah, I'm starving now. I want to go home and eat. But it's all great. right. Thank Anything you. you want to let people know you're doing or what's going on with you? Other than just like follow I'm you. I'm talking about that on myself. <laughs> Catch me on Big Brother <laughs> season 17. I'm still, I'm still there. I'm still working in my shop. I'm slaving away. My Where's the shop? shop? It's uh, Bedford High Street, Damiano Hair. And uh, yeah, if, if you haven't heard about me, come see me. Come see me or my team. It's been great. Great pleasure to be here. It's been fun. It's good. it's good to talk about topics that are not barbering related because every time I have a customer in my chair, it's non-stop. I know it's my job and I like it, but it's good to never talk about any celebrity hairstyles or anything like that. So it's great. Fair dues. <laughs> Trudge? I don't know how to talk about really. Just uh, comedy. What's going on with the comedy? I've t- taken a little break in the minute, but we've got Doghouse Comedy again yeah. coming up uh, end of the month. I have one every month. Uh, be on the lookout, I guess, for the TV show I'm working on, Andrew Mensa's stand-up kickabout. I, I see that. He got his mum on there, didn't he? With oh, the, yeah, with yeah, the, yeah. Oh, no, I don't know. With the food. Oh, yeah, no. So um, we got his... Um, Shout out to Andrew Mentor. Yeah, he's a cool guy. We've got, basically, he's going around, like, the UK, um, and he's, like, exploring, like, the most obscure, like, football clubs and that. Yeah. And whilst he's in, like, this weird, obscure town, he's doing, like, a stand-up show, basically. So, it's, you know, they got me involved because they were like, Sam, you know, you do stand-up. I'm sure you can, like, kind of lead the project. Well, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But yeah, mm, that should be pretty decent on TNT Sports. There you go, a little plug again. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's nice. Big up, man. Um, yo, so I announced I'm doing my uh, my preview shows for my tour. The tour is Orator Tour, happening in February to... First leg is February to May 2024. But I need people to come down to the shows. So the preview shows. The tour material's nice, but I need it tighter. How about you can come down where you see the bare bones of the show, you can banter with me directly, and you could tell me, yo, that joke was good or it was terrible. That is happening in uh, London. It, uh, which one? Two North Down is on the 15th of November. Uh, then you got 2nd of December is in Edinburgh at Monkey Barrel. And then back to London again for Angel Comedy Club in January. And that is on the 25th of January. Uh, tickets are available from orystyler.co.uk. Make sure you get them. I need you to come down and help me with the material, help me bill it and help me kill it. That's how I see it, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you come down and check that out. Uh, yeah, I'm done. Also follow Respectfully Pod on all social media platforms. Follow Mick on his, which is Mick Damiano, D-A-M-I-A-N-O. Mm-hmm. That's it, right? You got it. Boom, Trudge. <laughs> Sam Trudgeal. I've switched it now. I had to switch it after last week. I've, Why? Oh, it's just easy for people to spell. What'd you do now? So now my uh, my Instagram name is at Sam Trudge. There you go. T R U D G E G E. Sam Trudge. Make sure you follow Sam Trudge. Impressive name ever, but let's go. <laughs> now, nah, but Trudge sounds like you're on like crud. Like oh, it sounds like a, a like a guy. Hey, hey, mine out. Trudge, Trudge is coming for you, bro. It's a serious name. It does sound like that, isn't it? I right, say less, say less. All right, wow. man, we'll move. I don't want Trudge to come for me. That's what it feels like. <laughs> but yeah, that's what it sounds like. But yeah, man, that's us. Respectfully, pod. Uh, like, share, subscribe. If there's anything you liked on here, make sure you let us know. If there's anything you didn't like, make sure you let us know. We probably won't read it anyway. Guys, take care. God bless. <laughs> Look after yourself. Until next time. Boom. Bless. Respectfully. Respectfully.